Welcome to the show. I'm Presby Bard. With me tonight is at Gearhardest B. Say hello. Hello. And also with me tonight is at Bourbon Ghost. How are you doing, guys? You know what? I'm excited about this episode. I'm too. I don't know why. I'm just in a good mood tonight. Had some coffee. I took mm-hmm. a little nap before we recorded. Just watching some community. Back on watching through community. It was the uh, episode that Jack Black appears in. I briefly. love that episode. No, it's a great episode. I forgot how good that episode is. Uh, <laughs> after he ja- like whenever he drags Jack Black out of the room, you know, and comes back in and he's no. like, "Does anyone have a problem with how that was handled?" <laughs> it's just a good. episode. I'm a huge Jack Black fan. I yeah. like he, he's there's, great. There's a good episode of Workaholics that he he is in. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I only a he's little... Adam's uh, uh, dad. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. I only watched Workaholics a little bit, but it was mm. good. I just yeah. never really got into it, but it wasn't because I thought it was bad. I just, you know, didn't have the time. Yeah, but, I think I made it one season in. I would I would probably watch it some yeah, more through. Yeah, I think so. I need I need a good comedy to yeah, catch up I feel on. Like those, so. I feel like those shows are kind of similar in some ways. Yeah. Community and Workaholics. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Have you watched all of Community now? Yeah. By now? Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Making sure we didn't need to write that wrong still. Yeah. Yeah. We were totally right about that. Oh, we? yeah. It was okay. definitely worth watching, for right. sure. Uh, I've got a controversial take, and I, f- I feel like the more you watch it, the, the more you'll, you'll agree. Season four was the ghastly cure. Season yeah. four is actually a good season. It's it's um, it's um, not bad. Like, and I, yeah, and I'd, I would call it good. Like, It's almost like... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's they, they, they dipped, but not hard. Yeah. But it was not... I mean, you could tell it was not... Dan Harmon. Yeah. Yeah, there was no story circle. Yeah. Um I, I think I just get irritated at how much people seem to hate uh, it. Agreed. I don't think it deserves the hate. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think I started that way because I was like, Oh, you can't get rid of Dan Harmon. Like when it came yeah, yeah. out, I was against it. But yeah. then yeah, you're right. Like as you watch it some more, you're like, No, nah, it's still really good. I mean, all all of those all I mean, just all the actors are so talented. I yeah. mean, they're just it's just a great cast. Just a great cast. Yeah, we were watching the hot air balloon episode, and uh, it it kind of struck me. It's really unfair how how good all these people are at acting, comedy, and singing. It is like Joel McHale is just an okay singer, but the rest of them like right. Shirley. Yeah. Oh, she's Shirley. she's got some pipes. Man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she yeah. could have an album deal. Yeah, she's got the um uh like whenever she's singing like in the in the Christmas episode, yeah. the Happy Birthday Jesus yeah. or whatever. You know, I mean, she's good. Just killing it. <laughs> yeah. What? Which is another great episode. Yeah. The Christmas episode, the musical. You know. Uh, the baby boomer Santa, yeah. like that whole thing. It's all, it's just like, who thinks of this stuff? I don't know how people come up with this stuff. I don't either. That's why it's, this is one of those things that makes me mad that I'm oh, not creative. Uh, the, one of the female writers for uh, Mythic Quests, Megan Gans, I think it's her name. She got her start on community. Really? So that might be why there's a little bit of a crossover feel. Yeah. In, in the, and why I like it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Have you... <laughs> You put, we st- I stopped and didn't talk. I was about to because Gerardus put his mic up to his mouth. And now I forgot and what I was going to say. <laughs> I thought you were about to say something and I was going to let you, but you got anything? No, I don't have anything. <laughs> I thought I did. I'm lost okay, it. so we're going to talk about, we need to probably get on topic because I feel like for once we actually have some things to cover. Yeah. <laughs> Usually we're like, okay, how are we going to stretch yeah. this thing out? We almost have too much what, to cover. Yeah. One more thing on the intro. Did you... Uh, did you guys see where Jordan Peterson is back? In what capacity is he Just, back? Uh, he's doing online videos. Mm. So for most of the day, he says he's out of commission, but he can still record videos. He's 
he he said that it was just benzodiazepine, mm-hmm. you know, withdrawal essentially, and it's taken him. I guess he must have been using them heavily because it's taken a whole year before. Yeah, I mean, I it, I, I wish him the best. I hope yeah. he you know recovers. It's a sad thing. Yeah, he's writing and he's he said he's working on a book and then he's gonna be doing some YouTube videos, but that's about it. Well, wish him the best. Yeah. I hope he hope he recovers. I mean, he's. Uh, we need to pray for him. Yep. Yep. Uh, no. So this to this week's episode, we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Uh, we have a song of the week as always, and then for our main topic, we're gonna talk about. Um, basically, we're gonna talk about the election. It's coming up. We're recording this on the Friday before the election. Hopefully, this episode will drop the day before the election. As long as uh, Bourbon Ghost doesn't have any actual work to do at work. Um, we'll see. We'll see. It's been a. It's been a. I, I worked this week actually. Dang, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a shame. A well, lot. The, the, it's probably going to be important, or else this one's not going to be relevant. The yeah. one time it's important that we yeah. get it up on it. But, um, but for the intro, uh, I thought we would talk about. I mean, we can really talk about whatever we want to. But um, we thought we kind of thought we'd talk about, in light of the election, uh, uh, sort of an article written by John Piper that made made the rounds. You know, everybody's seen it, either seen the reaction to it or seen the article. So we just thought we would talk about it, kind of give our take as if anybody wanted it on on what's going on uh, with that article. So, Gerardus, do you want to give us like a, can you give us a summary or do you want me to do it? I'd rather you do it. Okay. Well, essentially what he said was, we don't have Jamie here tonight to fact check us and, and correct us on this, but. He's been slacking lately. He has. That's a good, uh, it's a really good point, actually. Um let me get that article pulled up, and because he makes like, um, well, he says he says he's not going to vote for anybody, right? I guess that's the. But gist he of but it. he makes it pretty clear that it, at least it seems like he's going to vote for somebody. At least that's the sense that I got. I I think he's not going to vote for anybody. Well, I, okay. Or I guess he left the door open. There. Yeah, I, I could party. I could maybe see him not voting for somebody, but it seems like the article is very much dissuading people from voting for a certain person. Is that fair? I'm That's gonna, not my critique of it, but I'm honestly going to try to be as charitable as okay. I can to Piper in this discussion because I think Gearhardus is pretty fired up. So I'm probably going to have to be the uh, as much as I, I might have to also go back be to fired my notes up, to but see how mad I see, was. He, br- he brought notes. Yeah, when he brings <laughs> notes, <laughs> he's fired up. You better get ready for a come on, people, from him. This is coming. Wake uh, up! <laughs> yeah, wake up. So, um, to answer your question. That's not the vibe. That's not the vibe that I got, okay. or at least I don't. I don't think that's what he in, intended. If he did, I mean, I know what you're saying, and I certainly think he's sort of doing that because I think he knows the vast majority of his audience is voting for Trump. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is maybe more who it's directed at, like more of a case to consider not voting for Trump, as in not voting. Not really. He doesn't make a pro case for either of them, but he makes sort of an an anti case for Trump while acknowledging that there's already a popular anti-case for Biden. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like he feels he doesn't have to make that yeah. case. Okay. Which he probably doesn't. But And that could just be me being too kind. I don't know. But which well, is, that's what I'm known for. To to be completely fair, I, my wife read the article to me while I was driving, and I think she made it about halfway through, and I just said, oh, I'm done. I'm done. I don't even need you to finish this. Yeah. So there may have been some things I missed in the second half. I was just, I was done with it by that point. Yeah. So, 
Can we just acknowledge that John Piper looks just like Larry David? Absolutely. I mean, they are identical. I wish that th- that he knew. I wish that Larry David knew anything about who John Piper was, and I feel like there'd be some jokes. Yeah. There. Oh yeah, he would do a he would do like a <laughs> spoof or something. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, like like y'all were saying, what it is is he 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 wrote an article. You can go read it on his on his website, desiringgod.com. Um, maybe we'll link it in the show notes. Maybe not. <laughs> See how we're feeling. <laughs> I, I doubt it. That's what that's yeah, what we'll, real podcasts do. We'll probably do it after we do another update to the website. I, I just said it because I felt like that's what you yeah. say. You know, people. I feel like if we're trying to be, I a think podcast, half the things we say we never do on this show. <laughs> yeah, though, that's right? true. Like give things away. So, um, <laughs> the so the article was was essentially saying the reasons why he can't bring himself to vote for Trump are one because the personal sins of a leader can be um which he lists the which, like what five greek words for all the different sins that trump yeah which trump are basically has, that pornea. he's brash yeah and i'm really not trying to make light well, of it well but in the sexual and more apparently sexual yeah, immorality his, his you know his sexual history uh you know of course yeah he slept with you know hookers and stuff uh apparently you know and uh allegedly allegedly uh and his his brashness, and I'm really not trying to use that word to be like, oh, it's brash. But I mean, obviously he is. Yeah, we. I mean, I don't. I don't think anybody denies. Yeah, you know that he's. Uh, I, I even tried to go back and and look up and research some of these Greek words, and I, I just did not equate whatever one that was next to vulgarity to vulgarity. Yeah, look at you. I tried. That's he got, he got his strong concordance out. <laughs> he was he was deep. So he's also, I think, making the case that Christians communicate some sort of, of not lie, but some sort of falsehood whenever we uh, stand by leaders who have this sort of beha- who have lewd behavior, um, and like we lump ourselves in with them or not. Am I being unfair by saying that? No, no. Okay, because I feel like that was a point he was making, mm-hmm. um, and then basically that the horrible sins of pride. And the like can lead to other horrible sins like abortion. Did y'all get that? I mean, he seriously, I yeah. think he made that case. Yeah. Am I wrong about that? No, I don't think yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, basically, Trump Trump is very arrogant, prideful, boastful, has uh, coarse language, not a nice guy, and he's slept with hookers. Therefore, we cannot vote for him. And he never mentioned Trump or Biden by name, by the way. In this article, yeah. right, and then the other, it would be like that's the same thing as not voting for someone who is. And he even mentioned this, like I'm not, I'm not saying this. He said, uh, I think I don't remember the exact quote, but you know, he obviously mentioned abortion, who's okay with killing babies and uh, genital mutilation, mutilation. of, of mm-hmm. young people, of children. So those two are equivalent in his eyes. Yes. He, that's the my number one criticism of this is that it presupposes that all sins are equal, pretty much. Yes. The whole article presupposes the fact that all sins are equal. And while, yes, all sins are equally damning, as in if a, a woman, you know, an old lady is, uh, you know, a gossip, that's just as damning to her as a pedophile. Yeah, that'll get you to hell. Just as fast. But it doesn't mean that it's just as equally heinous in the sight of God. No, and Scripture's pretty clear about that, and we don't have to spend time 
you know, going through that. And if you don't agree, then that's fine. You're not agreeing with scripture. Yeah. You need to read your Bible. Yeah. I mean, this is obvious. Uh, so that seems like a weird case to make to me, uh, right off the bat. Supposedly he responded, Doug Wilson made the same criticism. Supposedly he responded saying, look, elsewhere I've written that I believe that there are degrees to sin and stuff like that. But that doesn't change the fact that the article you wrote presupposes that and, and kind of is pushing the fact that all sins are equal. Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm going to speak positively about Piper, you know, real quick before we say more things we're against, just because I really do. Cause you know, we, we talk about this and I'm, I'm doing this for, for a reason. We talk about this a lot. Like, I'm really not wanting to be critical of Piper. No, we we really are like at least three of us in this room. We are like very in favor of like, he's an ally. Yeah. Like Piper is not an enemy of ours. He actually calls for righteousness and holiness and which is one reason this is also upsetting. Yes. He is not an ally in any sense of the word. He has been very influential. He is an ally. He's not an enemy. I say not an ally. Sorry. (laughs) Thank you for stopping. (laughs) Whoops. Uh, no, he is an ally. He's not an enemy in any sense of the word. Um, He's he's been very influential to me. Piper was one of the first people, like books that I read, other than just like reading the Bible. Like when I was really getting into like okay, spending my spare time starting to read something spiritual. Like Piper was it in high school? That was a big yeah. Book. I read his book. There was a book he wrote called Think. Yeah, that was really yeah. good. Yeah, it was just about how evangelicals had had stopped thinking and had kind of shamed academic. Mm-hmm. academic thought mm-hmm. and it was really good it was very yeah. convincing to me at yeah. the time and even even if i don't agree with everything that i read back then like i still can see so many ways that god used piper you know in this country in my life and you know a lot of his sermons i used to listen to sermons a lot they were very edifying to me so but having said all that even whenever i really read there was a time in my life where i liked piper's stuff a lot more than i like it now and even then you know when i was maybe 18 19 20 I thought his political philosophy was absolute garbage, and some of his a- and his application, I would say, yeah. like in application of the text, like in other words, a lot of the Ask John stuff. Yeah, right. I always thought kind of yeah. some of it was a little legalistic, and yeah, I didn't yeah. read much of that stuff yet because yeah. I didn't care for that either. Yeah, mm-hmm. like for instance, here's another take from from John Piper that's I don't agree with is the whole if someone breaks into your house. You shouldn't defend yeah. your family. Yeah, he stands by that too. Yeah, even to this day, like he right. doesn't. T- right. He didn't step back from that at all, which is fine, you know. But what I like about Piper is, and in this article, I encourage these sorts of things to be written. Like the way he wrote the article was fine to me. I think he said everything he needed to say to not bind anyone's conscience who wants to vote for Trump. I, I think personally. Now, y'all may disagree with me on that, but he basically said right up front at the beginning. Like, there's no reason you have to agree with me. Like, you need not, I think he said something like, you need not agree with me. You need not, you know, do as what I say in this. You know, so, like, I don't know. Some, I think people are too critical about this stuff. Like, yeah. Like, he can. He should be able to make a point that yeah. is very controversial and also say out of the same, and it not be, and it, and, it, and it be consistent, you don't have to agree with this, but I have a strong stance. The, but, you know, Doug Wilson in one of his articles in response to this did have a pretty good point. And Doug and him are friends from what I understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was that, you know, Piper does a lot of work for the Gospel Coalition. He does a lot of work with people in that arena. And some of those guys definitely want an excuse to vote for for Joe Biden. That's true. If you look at Eric Mason, guys like that, yeah. they, they're, you know, they're kind of the, of the mindset of, you know, 
you can't say that uh, someone's not a Christian if they vote Democrat. Yeah, and that's but I don't. Someone's going to use. So in other words, he's setting the stage for people. He's giving people good reasons. Yeah, but I think that's fine. Yeah, because those people are going to do what they want to do. He's not making to me. I just want to take the article for what it is, not what it leads to. You're right. That's just my. That's just the way I try to read this stuff. And so like, people are going to people take stuff however they're going to take it, and that's why. I have a lot of respect for people who create things and put them out into the universe, you know, like write mm-hmm. or do music and stuff. Absolutely. Because there's, once it's out there, you're getting criticized and it's going to yeah. be used in a way that you have no, I mean, we're going to talk about a song this week where I have no idea what it means. And like the artist literally went off the face of the planet because he got so frustrated with people not understanding what he wanted to say. <laughs> so like, it's hard to do. Yeah. So anyway, I, while I agree with Doug Wilson when he says that, I think people will use that. I don't view that as a criti- as a yeah. as a criticism that should keep Piper from writing these things. Yeah, I don't. If that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think he was wrong for writing it. I yeah. just disagree with his conclusion. Yeah, me no, too. And, and it that's is fine. strange too. Yeah, feeling like I disagree with something where his conclusion is essentially the same as ours. Yeah, we're not voting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, that's yeah. what's funny. <laughs> it is it's like we're not voting. Like that's another thing, and that's why I think. But, but if you read it back in his articles, like when John Kerry was running against George W. He he makes the point very heavily at the end that like you should vote. If anything, you got to get out there and vote. On that, not in this. Yeah, article, back did back he? when George W. Bush was running. Oh, gotcha. You know, and he didn't explicitly say I endorse W, but from everything that he said in the article, it was pretty obvious he yeah. was telling people, "Don't vote for John Kerry. You got to get out and vote for W." Yeah. So oh, yeah, saying, I remember he was very much kind of like a neocon yeah. to me. I mean, I remember him that way. But oh, again, we're just dealing with this article. Just dealing with this article, your heart is. Right, right. We're not dealing with Piper's overall political philosophy. Okay. We'd be here for years. Because, <laughs> yeah, I have my thoughts on that, too. But, so the point is, though, like you're saying, that's that's one of the reasons I wanted us to cover it. Yeah. Is because we've been on record, like, we actually said this maybe like three weeks ago. Um, I don't, I think it's totally fine for someone to decide that they don't want to vote for Trump. Yeah. Like, Correct. I, I don't think that it's... You should not, your conscience should not be bound to voting for Trump. However, where I disagree with Piper, and I'm, I guess this is what the point you're making, Gearhardis, is that there is in, in no way a similarity to me. I know sins are sins, but they're also not, like we've already, always, already said. There is no way that someone who is rude and has had promiscuous sex is the same thing as someone who openly supports like late 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 not obviously we don't care any abortion is bad but we're talking about late 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 term abortion sacrifice of children <laughs> to molech right yes. is that what you're gonna say? yes and then also um general was mutilation of children right yeah like those are not the same those are not equivalent and also all of this is assuming all of this is about trump's public persona but we don't know anything like just because Joe Biden seems polite is how they want to phrase it. It's almost like Especially Trump is children. brash, Biden is polite. Well, all of those videos are out there of Joe Biden, you know, like fondling little children and smelling their hair and stuff. Oh, he's polite and doing all, right. all that <laughs> and doing all that creepy stuff. Not to mention uh, the fact that he has like I don't really care about what people say. I care about what people do. So not to mention what he's done with his like crime bill, so the way that he's just ruined people's lives for marijuana possession. Systemic yeah. racism. I mean, just like absolutely, completely destroyed people's lives. Been like 
totally in the Obama administration. You know, I lump him in with all of the deaths that happened and all the wars, all of the dronings, so that wedding that was bombed, like all of this stuff that they did, like actual, actual evil. He's a war criminal. Yeah, and it doesn't even get mentioned yeah. in this article. Like, as though Trump is a bad person, Biden has bad policies, therefore they're the same. Yeah. Well, what if they're both bad dudes, and one of them has not bad policies as far as immoral, not immoral policies, not heinous policies about abortion and, and and gender reconstruction and one of them is a bad dude that also has bad policies yeah that's actually a really good way to look at it that's the way i view yeah. it so but the article is not framed that way the article yeah. is framed as though trump is a bad guy with good policies biden is a good guy with bad policies so therefore it cancels each other out yeah like no that's not how i view it at all the stuff that like who is to say that biden is a good dude what what yeah. about I mean look all the, I mean whether this stuff about Hunter Biden is true or not but like his son is a freaking meth head who's been running I mean seriously I know this sounds like all like stupid but Biden has been in the Senate for forty seven years forty seven years we know what their salary is how is he a hundred and something millionaire how how he goes well that's politics okay well then he's dirty yeah he's dirty and maybe everybody's dirty but so is he. So that's the point, and it's like even if there are even if there are valid answers as to why he is a multimillionaire, like maybe he gives speeches and gets paid a lot of money and all this kind of stuff, we deserve to know why. It's a valid question to want to know, right? We yeah. should know. We we should know that information. If if it's a if it's a legitimate answer, then we should know. It's fine, right? No big deal. Tell us. So it gets censored though. Yeah, and that so that's my point is that like I guess sorry I'll wrap it up. I'm getting a little heated here. But that's my that's my general point is that listen we've already said I'm on record I, I'm not voting and I, I have no problem with you not voting for Trump but not if your reasons are that he's because reasons matter too and not if your reasons are well he's just as bad as Biden because Trump is a bad dude and that will eventually lead to bad policy like sometimes it is okay to have a rude person kill bad people for you. Everybody in our country is totally fine with the stances we took in World War II by siding with Stalin, who by the body count was much more evil than Hitler. But we viewed Hitler as a more dangerous threat directly to us. Therefore, everybody is fine with us supporting Stalin and helping Stalin so that we could get a greater evil. So we're okay with the bad dude taking down another bad dude. Yep. Yeah. But we're not okay with Trump taking out bad stuff like critical race theory within the government, gender mis- gender reconstruction of children, and abortion. And being the policeman of the world. Pretty yeah, much. and actually that's that's the big reason why they hate him is because he actually wants to end wars. He's at least not started any, and he's pulled out more troops than any president has in the last 20 years. And the only reason it hasn't been more is because the war committee, which is bipartisan, Republicans and Democrats keep voting everything that he does down. Exactly. Filled with Republicans keep on voting it down. Exactly. Yeah, this is another topic. The GOP is useless. Yeah, they're absolutely. Useless. All the stuff they're doing with big tech and everything, and, and then even, like, it's all garbage. Like, I don't even want to watch that stuff. They're not going to do anything. No. They never will. They hope Trump loses. I seriously oh, yeah. think that. Oh, yeah, the, the GOP I mean, the does. GOP, they're okay. They'll ride his coattails as much as they need to, but they, there's a big chunk of them that they're ready for it to go back to, to status quo, let them fight their battles like the honorable way or whatever, and just lose with dignity. Do you think it like will go back to the, the status quo? Years. I don't want to get too off off track but do you think it will ever go back to the Mitt Romney GOP it's a great question I have I honestly I've thought about this a lot 
I have no idea what's going to happen after Trump. I'm, it's going to be very, very interesting to see if Trump, if if Trump is representative of what's going on, or if he was just a momentary pushback to what's going on. I think Does that makes sense. And I don't know. What do you think? I think it's the fir- the first. I think it's. I think so many boomers have had their eyes open to the fact that they probably shouldn't have liked W. Right, I think so. I think so. I don't. At all. I haven't heard any of them admit that yet. Yeah, I, I, I wish they would, but the the ones I know have, and I think that they see a complete and and total difference between that and but or uh, Trump. And I think one of the main reasons they don't like him is because they've seen him buddy up with Obama in the last two or three years. Yeah, but they've been fine with like every president does that. They love it. I mean, Carter and Reagan are big buddies at the end of their lives. Like that, they love this stuff. Like George H. W. Bush. I think and they did until now. I think I think I think that they're just skeptical. I don't yeah. think that the civility. I don't think that the people that I know that are big Trump fans will ever go back to people that are actually, um, we'll say maybe not civilities. That's not probably the best word. Maybe I I don't think that they'll ever go back to just talking about lower taxes. Like yeah. Trump Trump has made it a populist uprising, you know, in yeah. the GOP. Well, that's I don't probably that, true. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- those days are have been dead anyway. Yeah. for a while. I mean, that's not really. The old right, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. I just don't think it's ever going to resurrect. Yeah. Can I give you my theory on why I think uh, Piper wrote it from this perspective? Sure. I kind of mentioned this in a text earlier this week, but I think, and I'm, I'm assuming he's pre-mill, probably. Yes. Okay. Historic. He's okay. historic pre-mill. I didn't actually know okay. that. But. My assumption is if you fall in line with that mindset and that belief, that you are more inclined to feel that you have to protect the gospel and protect this in, inherent truth because you feel like you're in charge of it to get to that point, to, to get to the point of the rapture. And I feel like if you're post-mill, then you know it's not even in your hands. Is that, does that make sense, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel like he feels like he Eschatology is in charge. Eschatology definitely has something to do with it. I think... But I think it's more of a. Um, I'm not sure that there's. It's there seems to be a divide between the physical and the spiritual. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's we, more like of we a, get to escape. It's more of a Gnosticism. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That you see among a lot of evangelicals now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. Keep going on that thought. Just the idea that we're going to escape to like an ethere- ethereal cloud, essentially, and get to forsake all the things of this earth. You know, you see it a lot in the old, in the Southern Gospel hymns, especially. It's just, it's a defeatist eschatology yeah. where God's going to take us home. And no, I, I think it is, but I think, I think that people like him instead of think, actually being the active driving force where you're a conquering yeah, kingdom, yeah, and you're not worried about it because ultimately you know God's going to have dominion over all the nations, and you still know yeah, that you I, may have to suffer through that. Yeah, like, yes. it's not like we're saying, oh, we're always going to win victory. And if we're not winning victory, we're in judgment. Like we're in God's mm-hmm. judgment. But, but being the idea of being a part of the active coming of God's kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're more in line with His way of thinking, and that in terms of that, you're also going to be more in line with His way of thinking in terms of political. Yeah. The political realm. They play in. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. It's interesting that you're the layperson and you knew that <laughs> Piper was pre mill. It's kind of wild. I just assumed because. Yeah. I guess that was maybe my that was a really good take. That. that was a good take. Maybe oh, nice. not a lay person for long. Maybe not. 
docking at duty? Possibly. Good. Possibly. We'll see. I mean, you know, we got to get through these exams first. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to... Y'all, I guess the audience we'll will notice that guide. we uh, did not... We've changed the intro Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Because who knows what we're going to be anymore. Yeah, who knows. Yeah. All of our titles are changing. Maybe not all, but... Mm. Am I... Are you telling me something <laughs> I don't know or something? <laughs> I'm not going to be an elder anymore. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> At least 66% of our titles are going to change. Uh, well, anyway, I mean, again, I, I like Piper. I, I got no, no, I got no beef with Piper at all, even when I disagree. And I think that's that, I guess that's what I want to see out of this, you know, and that's maybe one of the, you know, negatives of social media that's been bandied about for a while is it's hard to have like a reasoned nuanced stance on something like this. And it's a lot easier to do it on a podcast. And so, um, that's why I wanted to actually talk about it and not just like, tweet yeah. about it yeah i don't actually see much favorable stuff for piper lately at least in our spheres it seems everybody no. just wants to bab baptist bad we can't we yeah. can't read john piper he's not confessional yeah whatever one thing you kind of hit on before we started recording uh was the malcolm x martin luther king jr stuff and oh yeah that was pretty interesting to me because e even the part where you had mentioned like growing up we were always kind of taught that malcolm x was pretty uh pretty influential but we really shouldn't be talking about him that much for sure sort of like that the, kind of vibe. the vibe that i got was and, and you know this could be wrong but like you know because i loved like the cosby show fresh prince of bel-air and you yeah. know back in those days our sitcoms used to like sometimes they deal with some heavy topics yeah. you know like that episode where will's like crying to uncle smith like why don't my dad love me yeah you know like that's, <laughs> that's yeah a good some heavy stuff and the cosby show would deal with some stuff yep. too you know which you know but yeah. <laughs> uh but listen good show so <laughs> One of the things that you get from it, like both of those shows deal with, you know, civil rights issues, you know, especially like Fresh Prince, Uncle Phil, you know, supposedly, you know, was like at the marches, you know, his character yeah, and all that. That was in several episodes. And you get it a lot. Like at one point in time, I think he's sort of critical of Malcolm X. Yeah, because he has a poster uh, because uh, Will has a poster in his room of uh -huh. Malcolm X. Uh-huh. And uh -huh. Phil, you know, Uncle Phil is kind of like, you know, more of a we do this peaceful, you know, with the with Martin mm -hmm. Luther King. And so we I got the vibe in school when you when you learned this. And of course, this is obviously sort of a whitewashed history of the civil rights that we're getting at this point that that, you know, Martin Luther King is the guy that you should respect and revere. But we should not talk about Malcolm X. I mean, he was a part of the civil rights, but he was the wrong guy. MLK was the right guy. You know? Yeah, even in those sitcoms, and it, I, mean, I want to say the Cosby Show did this too. Maybe a couple others where I want to say like uh, Cosby's daughter at some point comes home and is talking about, and he's just like shut, he shuts her down, uh -huh. and it's like her character being that militant about it. Oh yeah, I remember that one. There's too. like a it's just that's a good it, one. It almost comes off as distasteful. Yeah, like that's not something we want to deal with. Right. And so, but instead, I think but once Malcolm, you find out, instead later on, I mean, is that Malcolm X was very, very much against the white liberal establishment, and he was for he was for economic, real, true economic, capitalistic empowerment of black people. He was, and for holistic living, holistic health, and diet, and yep. moral standards. Yep, and he was, uh, and and he, and I think that the reason we were talking about this pre-show, I guess, is why he brought this up. Yeah. Is, I made the point is that, you know, MLK is the guy that we're told to revere. And we know, of course, now later on that he was a serial adulterer. He didn't believe of, in the Trinity. Didn't believe in and a person of, of actually reprehensible character. And so 
but we're supposed to, I don't even remember how I said it before the show, but basically we're supposed to sort of ignore that. But those are the things that we're supposed to be why we can't support Trump. Yeah. So with Martin Luther King, it's like, yeah, I know all that stuff is reprehensible, but look at what he did. That was Correct. so good. And with Trump, if you agree with what he's doing but don't agree with his character, you can't vote for him right. because he's got bad character. And yeah. it's like, well, to me, it's just like MLK. Like, yeah, I understand his character. And that's why I'm not being critical of MLK. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm good with peaceful, you know. Thank God there wasn't an MLK. Yeah, I got no no beef with that. But my yeah. point is is that it's undeniable that his, his personal character was reprehensible. And also, he did some good stuff. And that can exist. <laughs> like those two things can go side by side. You know, I mean, we, we know, I mean, it's the, and that's why like all the stuff is like, Hey, you know, all the Puritans were slave owners. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. But they also did some good things. So it's like these but things that can goes, go but hand it cuts, hand. But it cuts both ways. Exactly. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because, you know, there, you know, we would be critical of the people that say we need to throw all the Puritans out but we would also be just as critical of the people that say, oh, the Puritans were just product of their time. They exactly. did nothing they wrong. They were wrong for that. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't just a product of their time. They were wrong. They were in sin for that. And they should have corrected it. And maybe they weren't as aware of that as we would be now. And maybe they should be given. No, I don't really even think they should be given slack, actually. They were wrong for that. Yeah, and even look at John Calvin and the the, the reformers, the way they treated the Anabaptists. And yeah. People that didn't agree with them on everything. Yeah, so it goes both ways. And... And these things can exist at the same time, and that's why I sort of reject the premise of Piper's article, you know, yeah. which is that, again, like I said, you know, to sum it up, I guess then we can move on, is that it's framed in a way where Trump is a bad guy, Biden is a good guy who does bad, who has bad policy, and, you know, I think again, if you draw that to a parallel par- parallel of MLK, he was a bad dude who did a lot of, who accomplished a lot of good things for good people, and that's fine. I mean, it's not good. I wish he would get all of it right, but we don't. And so it's okay for the, I don't. Need, that's why I don't even have to make a value statement about whether MLK was good or not. The answer is yes and no. Yeah. Yes and no. And that's perfect. To me, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yep. I don't mind living in a world of nuance. No, I agree. I, I, think, I think one of the weirdest things that I think we've all, uh, not just in this room, but just people in general have realized over the last couple of years is how brainwashed we got to the Malcolm X stuff. I know. I, I should probably do some more stuff. Yeah, I would like to. I mean, I'm not so sure that I would agree with his more. No, but like, if you read his biography, if you read his biography written by, well, autobiography written, kind of el- edited by Alex Haley, the guy who wrote Roots, it's very good. And he he details all of it. He details, you know, the the white liberals that try to help him out in the beginning. And how they essentially just try to say, you know, okay, well, now shut up, boy, and do what mm-hmm. I tell you to Here's do. Here's the stuff that you can say. Here's mm-hmm. the stuff that you can't. And, and like, but like I said, I'm not sure I would be, because I'm sort of, you know, a well, peaceful. He's a Muslim for one thing. Yeah, and I'm yeah. more of like a peaceful guy at heart, you know, yeah. as far as like how you should take over things. But, I, again, that's probably just me, like, maybe being too critical from just what I've been told. Yeah. You know, not really knowing much of it for myself. So I don't remember know. anything necessarily where he called for violence. I'm sure he probably did, maybe. That's the vibe I get, and that's what I mean. I could be wrong. Yeah, You know, I could be totally wrong. That's not anything. The only thing that stuck out to me in the book that he did that I thought was 
at the time uh, morally questionable was that like a one th- he tells a story about how he was given a lecture at a university and this white girl kind of runs up to him and says you know what can I do to help out the movement and he says you know just mind your own business and leave black people alone yeah like that's our our battle in other words he kind of was a I, I mean he was I agree with that <laughs> <laughs> because look what it's turned into <laughs> yeah like, what's his name on SNL three weeks ago? Uh, what's his Bill Burr? Yeah, like that—that that was what his whole stand-up bit was about. Was yeah. about white women taking over their movement. Yeah, so it's actually kind of a yeah, amazing maybe, maybe, back yeah. then. Bill Burr can go pound sand. He used to be cool. Now he's given over. He's woke now. I can't think. I don't even know anything about. I watched his. He does have a uh, an animated series he made, doesn't he? Is that the same guy? I don't know. The guy who made F is for Family. I don't know. No idea. <laughs> I didn't know he was woke now either. Yeah, or at least like I've just followed him just enough. Yeah, I would. I don't know if I'd call him woke. That's probably too maybe too much, but he's not as yeah. Uh, well, yeah. If he, I mean, if he wouldn't be on SNL, if he wasn't a little bit, yeah. You know. All right. Well, that is our topic or our introduction. Maybe it should just be our topic. Let's just end the show. <laughs> I'm good with that. All right. <laughs> Feels really good outside. I think yeah, it does. Just ready to go out there. I, I really am. So. Uh yeah. Uh anyway, to sum this up, even though I think I already summed it up once. We love Piper. We love uh he's not an enemy, he's an ally. Not being critical. I think more of this type of stuff should exist in the world and I think it's totally fine to write what he wrote and to um disagree with him. I think generally to me, I'll put it this way, of all of the TGC types, because I don't really lump him in with the TGC types to me. I know he does some stuff with them. He is the most humble when he writes of any of them, in my opinion, just that's just yeah. Me. It's not very. Even this article wasn't preachy. It no. was kind of like this is what I'm choosing to do. Yeah, and that's what I like about him, and why I continue to sort of you know even give him room, even even when I disagree like this. So I hope that's acceptable for all you people out there. <laughs> this is how discourse should be. This is good. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our song of the week. <laughs> All right, time for our song of the week this week. This week we're doing a, a little bit of a, a stranger one. I mean, there's probably some people out there that listen to really weird music like Ethiopian jazz or something, <laughs> and they think this is not that weird. But, you know, it's weird for normal people like us, I would say. The song of the week this week is a song called O Comely by the band Neutral Milk Hotel. So a lot of people have probably heard of this band. They uh, This album was released in 1998, I believe in the aeroplane over the sea uh very famous album the song in the aeroplane over the sea very famous song i'd say it's very famous wouldn't you yeah i mean people that have never heard another neutral milk hotel song have heard that one yeah mm-hmm. i can't believe that song's 22 years old right that's crazy i know you would I hear uh, wouldn't you hear it on like if you listen to mainstream indie radio i think that so. would be that yeah like they would play this and also play like death cab on the same which station. is and what i mean by that is like Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, Infinite Sadness came out like three or four years before that. Yeah. And that just feels like a completely different era of music. It does. And part of it is because this, to me, this album launched the indie era. Yeah. Wouldn't Mm. you agree? Like this album made indie music like popular. Honestly, didn't have a, I didn't know when the album was made. I I started listening to it, you know, mm, it had to have been past 2009. Yeah. 
when I actually started to listen to it. It was probably first time I listened to this album was probably I don't know oh five ish. Of course, I mean I was young in ninety eight, so I wouldn't have listened to it. But as soon as I was listening to like, as soon as I was I didn't first know starting to listen to other stuff like like Death Cab, like in 03-ish, you know, mm-hmm. and then I sort of ran across it one time. Ran, I don't know how I ran across it, but I ran across In the Aeroplane Over the Sea and then got the album, you know, got the CD, and just like... I would have placed it later. I didn't know it was made that early. In the 98, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it was 98, wasn't it? Am I wrong? I'm look it up. Okay, look it up. We don't have Jamie, but I'm I'm almost certain it was 98. So, anyway... Uh, we need to stop saying that, though, because he's going to feel like he's missed. Good point. Good point. Yeah, I won't do that anymore. Um, so this song, I mean, this album, this album is probably, although I don't like anything else Neutral Milk Hotel has done other than this album, it's probably in my top five, maybe top three albums of all time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Are you making a face because I, just, I said uh, that? No, the year their year's active blows my mind. They were active from 89 to 99. I know, but... And then took... I know, right? But barely, but barely. And, but th- and then they took a break until 2013, and they were only together till 15. It's really just him. I want to read... That's just crazy, their, though. It's really just story. Jeff Mangum. Je- what the, what's his name? Jeff, Jeff Mang- Mangum. I want to read about him. He well, sounds like an interesting guy. I can tell you a little bit about him. Okay. <laughs> so, and it relates to this song. So, this song is an eight, eight and a half minute, nine minute... Um, song with like several movements i don't know it's probably got like four or five different movements in the song that are i don't even they may even be about different topics or i don't know but mangum basically disappeared from like 99 till i mean he's made like random public appearances like in 2013 that's probably what that's referencing yeah uh but not even like doing music like just made random appearances doing something live one time or not he and he just he just disappeared because he did not like the fame and he got tired of being asked what questions mean? what his songs mean he basically talked about how these were a lot of these songs were were dreams were a mix of like dreams and personal experiences on this album and so he basically viewed it as you know people were asking like very personal questions and i don't know i guess he couldn't understand why people would want to know Something like this was personal to him. Ain't no, it's weird. Like I, I'm sure he's is a genius in a way. Like he's obviously made great music, but it's also kind of stupid how you could not seem to reconcile in your mind that people you put something out in public. It's not personal. Like it can be, but it's also like they can ask you. If they, but he just it's anyway kind of stupid. When it's his prerogative to get sick of it and go away if he wants to, which is fine too. I hate that he didn't make anything else, but. But, oh, I, what I wanted to say, too, is I, there are so many people in indie rock that reference this album as their inspiration. Yeah. That's why I was going to say this album really was a break from, like, like yeah, sm- when I think of 90s, I think, you know, Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins, like, that sort of stuff. Not Neutral Milk Hotel. Nirvana. Yeah. And, yeah, Nirvana. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you Nirvana. Yeah. I didn't I didn't leave them <laughs> out intentionally. All that is something I would do. Yeah. Uh, but this is sort of a break into what you will now yeah. get in the in the two thousands with indie rock. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Fire, those kind of bands start to you can see a lot of similarities, inspiration from from this album. This album, and it comes up in this song, has several references to World War Two and Anne Frank. So supposedly he read Anne Frank's diary, you know, or just war in general, right? Because communist huh. daughters about isn't it about Vietnam? No, I think it's. I don't think so. Okay, maybe it is about a Japanese village. Yeah, I think it's about okay. World War Two. 
I don't know, though. I mean, who knows <laughs> with Jeff Mangum, that's for sure. And I thought Communist Daughter was based on a book um, about Vietnam, but maybe it's not. It could be, man. I don't know. We need Jamie. No, we don't. <laughs> we definitely don't, just for the record. Uh, let me. Uh, we, I, w- I wouldn't mind a cursory Google of that because I could totally be getting that wrong, but that is not... Well, but anyway, so... <clears throat> I just know the majority of these don't fall out of place, even in 2020. No. I mean, like, it, if you found somebody who'd never heard of them and, and gave them this album, yeah. they might think it was three or four years old. Yeah, this album maybe. holds up incredible. Yeah. yeah. It holds up incredibly well. I mean, I'll listen to it. I'll, I, I still listen to it all the time. I, it's probably, in the, of course, like I said, it's in my top three or five. I, I listen to it more than any album from the, from early on. Even ones that I love, I listen to it more than any of my Arcade Fire albums. Even though they're, I like them as a band more. Like I listen to them more than you know Death Cab. I mean, anyway, this album I've listened to a ton, and there's a ton of references to Anne Frank in this album, all over the place. He supposedly read her diary, you know, and basically fell in love with her. Yeah, and you're right. Communist Daughter is actually. Uh about Anne Frank, it said. That's what I thought. I was like, yeah. I didn't want to keep pushing, yeah. but I was like, I think it's actually about yeah. Anne Frank. But, um, so what do you guys just don't you have to tell me what you think this song means? But what do you think about this song, just in general? Um, it's fun to sing along with for sure. Like in the car, in the car, it's definitely like one of the top five songs ever to sing along with. The whole album is yeah, like a great album. car singing because he doesn't, he can't really sing. It's like a great way to sing if you can't really sing. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But what do you think of the song? I love it. I think he's actually a great songwriter. I do too. And lyric, a lyricist. Um, what about you, BG? I, th- I, I think he's one of the most complicated songwriters, and not in a bad way necessarily. Just like, man, it's just so hard to digest. I mean, so hard. Like... You'll you'll sing it and then you won't even realize what you're singing and you, you're like wait a minute fetuses <laughs> and the, then you go back and you're, you're still you're try- twenty years later I mean like you said like people still don't really know what it means yeah. in a lot of ways yeah like there's a lot of kind of gross imagery in this song and really all over the album but you know he's got like um you know lines like your father made fetuses with flesh licking ladies you know like that's a weird line but kind of good. <laughs> Like it's a good line, yeah. And and like I think this whole song is kind of a um, dichotomy between like disgusting and beautiful, yeah. And I think he's doing so. I think he's talking that way on purpose, yeah. You know, because like in the first verse when he says, you know, I'll be with you when you lose your breath, chasing the only uh, meaningful memory you had when you thought you had left with some pretty bright and bub- bubbly, terrible scene that was doing her thing on your on her chest. So like. Mm-hmm. really something beautiful, bright, pretty, bright, bubbly, terrible scene, and then he describes it in a disgusting way, right? Like, yeah. that's sort of the whole theme of this whole song, you know? Like, even when he says, your father made fetuses with flesh-licking ladies while you and your mother were asleep in the trailer, trailer park. park yeah. Thunderous sparks from the dark of the stadiums, the music and medicine you needed for comforting. So, like, disgusting, mm-hmm. beautiful, disgu- you know? So yeah. it's like... Uh, disgusting, comforting, you know, those kind of... But not grotesque. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like it's, Disgusting, but not grotesque. It's not gross it's for, the, for its own sake. It's, yeah. It's, it, it's gross for 
to show you the evil. Yeah. Which is different than... It's not celebrating the evil. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely not at yeah. all. One of the theories that I heard on this song, and, and I mean, really, who knows, is that this is about a time where a friend of his, like a, a girl that he was really close to, um, he kind of like didn't come through for her, like she needed him really bad. And I think it might have been in a case where she was like in an abusive household, like a sexually abusive father or kind of thing. And this song is kind of about him being very regretful about not handling it like he should have. But who knows? Yeah, I think it's definitely, it seems like there's an overlap between some type of uh, this relationship with this girl that's in a rough spot, mm-hmm. and then also the Anne Frank Yeah, illusion. so my favorite verse in the of the song is, I guess, the like the I guess you'd call it the fourth verse. It's the next to last verse. It says, I know they buried her body with others, her sister and mother and 500 families, and will she remember me 50 years later? I wish I could save her in some sort of time machine. And it's the way it's sung, too. Yeah, the way it's sung. You have to listen to it. But, like, obviously, you know, this was about 50 years after Anne Frank died. 98 to 45 was when she died. Um, So this is a clear reference to Anne Frank. You know, her sister and mother, she was buried. You know, she was separated from her father and brothers, uh, you know, famously. And then he references a time machine and and saving her and other songs on this album, too. References it here. And then he says, Know all your enemies. We know who our enemies are. Know all your enemies. We know who our enemies are. Which, I don't know if you guys remember the story of Anne Frank, but they basically were, my understanding was they were... Sold out. Sold out, you know, by yeah. somebody. So they, they the reason they were caught was because somebody dimed them out, you know, that they were hiding there, and mm. that's how they got caught. Yeah. So how important it is to know your enemies. Anyway, it's and pretty creepy. Lyric Genius was trying to say that uh, know all your enemies actually was a reference back to himself, like about uh, how he didn't come through for well, the could girl. Be. And it could be both, exactly. That we like, are our enemies. That he was the enemy. Yeah. Like he should have done something. And it could be, I don't know. It, it's crazy. I don't know how you could possibly dissect the song. Yeah. <laughs> so why do we choose it as the... <laughs> as I'm saying that, it's like, I guess I'm the one that suggested it, though. Because so. it is a very important album. It is. It is. And... What's really cool, what you can hear at the end of this song is, I think I've played this for y'all before, you can hear it if you really turn it up. So supposedly, whenever they recorded this, they were going to record it in sections. And then he started playing, and he just kept going. Like, just kept playing the guitar. He just kept playing, and he just kept singing, and he did the whole song. You can hear a guy in the background at the end yell, holy, and then he goes, because it was like so good, and they weren't expecting him to do the whole song, and they just kept it. Yeah. All they did was add in like the horns and stuff later, but like that takes the horns are great. Oh my gosh, I love yeah. the horns in this song. Uh We don't horns do not get enough love. I know. I love horns. Mm-hmm. I love like There's a, no reason we shouldn't have trumpets and saxophones in worship. I knew you were about to say that. You would like Spodiote Depolicious by Outcast <laughs> if you like horns. Yeah. 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 Um so supposedly this whole not supposedly this whole song is one take. You know, the the part that he does is one take. They didn't change anything from that. And he just, you know, kept yeah. kept going. It's really kind of cool. You should turn it up and listen to it. If y'all are, if you ever listen to it back then, you can hear the guy at the end. Um, but this this album is just great, man. Yeah. Do you like it? I, I don't do. know if you like this kind no, of I stuff. I do. 
I, I, I probably don't listen to as much as you do. Yeah. But I do. I do. There's probably three or four that are on like a, I've got a playlist that I kind of keep up with and like maybe a hundred songs that I kind of cycle through. I, yeah. I think there's two or three from here that yeah. are on there right now. Gearhardis, what's your favorite song on this album? Communist Daughter? Mm, Airplane Over the Sea. Uh, that's a classic. Like, it's one of those that's a hit that is actually also good. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. I, 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 I don't skip it or anything. Yeah. But I say that. Oh, man. I don't know. Communist Daughter. They're all so good. They are. It's like Float uh, on My Modest Mouse. Like, you actually don't feel bad yeah, for right. saying that, you, that it's your favorite. Yeah. Two, two-headed yeah. boy as well. Two-headed boy. Um, I, I love, I really just like all of them, I'll be honest with you. I mean, um, probably this one is probably my favorite. Or, um, oh gosh, what's the uh, name of the last song? It's part two. Uh, two at a Boy Part Two. Yeah, that's right. Two at a Boy Part Two. I also really like that one a lot. And at the end of that song, you hear him, like the last line in that song is, um, says something to the effect of, um, let me pull it up. I can't remember the last line. Uh, it says, but don't hate her when she gets up to leave. And then you hear him at the end, like, get up from, like, a squeaky oh, yeah, chair yeah. and put his guitar down. Mm-hmm. And then he never does music again. Oh. Yeah. But don't hate her when she gets up to leave. And he leaves forever. Yeah. And he's never come back. <laughs> uh, and so he's, I don't know. Did he know he was going to give this up? He was only 28 at the time, too. I know. It's crazy. And he was just like, I think I think he did personally. But that's just me. Also a great moment in Parks and Rec whenever they talk about Jeff Mangum. Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Andy and uh, uh, April are playing on Tom's stupid game show, Know Your Boo. <laughs> and he says, who's your, who's your boo's favorite rock star? And Andy says himself. And April says, Jeff Mangum, you know, and it makes Andy all mad. He's like, Jeff Mangum. And then later on it says, where would you want to smush? Because he's, he's like all mad. She's like, she's like, it's Neutral Milk Hotel. That's my favorite band. And then later on, it's like Tom asks, where would you want to, uh, you know, smush your boo if you, whenever you did? And then Andy wrote at the Neutral Milk Hotel real <laughs> sarcastically. I do remember that now in retrospect. <laughs> of course you do in retrospect. <laughs> it's what it is. Yeah. Anyway, y'all got any more thoughts on this song? No. you. Uh, I knew you were going to cover mo- the most ground on this. I'm sorry. No, no, it's totally fine. I just never had, I mean, I love this song so much, but I have nothing to contribute. Yeah, that's, that's sort of how, like, uh, there's a lot. I like this album, and I like several songs on it, but I don't really know the background on this like you did, so I, I feel like I just And I kind of just embrace their weird, like, the weirdness on this album and don't really do a lot of research just because I like it, and I like the mystery around it, so... Here's the thing. Do all the research you want, and it's still going to have that mystery. Yeah. <laughs> you will find, you will not get any answers like you want from this. And I'm one of those guys I like, you know, yeah. you obsessively. You want all the behind-the-scene details. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're not going to find it. But it's 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 weird. There's a couple things in my life that are this way, where it's like, and like, honestly, Bo Burnham's uh, stand-up is one of them. What's it mm-hmm. called? Make Happy. Mm-hmm. And this album is another one, and there's more, but this album is another one where, like, I know it's hard to explain and, and it's hard to get, I guess it's hard. I, I can't even put into words all the reasons that I like it, but I just want people that I'm close to, to also experience it. Mm-hmm. Like there's a connection. I feel mm-hmm. if you like this thing, like I'm going to, we're going to jive, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? In yeah. the same way with like the, 
make happy. Like if you get that, then like we're gonna. And I don't even know that I get it. It's not about like some yeah. sort of you know snobby. Oh, you, you don't get it. But I mean, like if you you get it enough to know that you don't get it. If you jive with but that, the, that you know you like it. Yeah, but you may not get it. Right, but you're not gonna dismiss it. Yeah, it's just like if you if that jives with you, yeah. then we're gonna jive. Yeah, like that's that's kind of how. And this is one of them. This is that's like how important this album is. Like to me, it's just. I just think it's great. Like yeah. I think it's objectively just great. And it's a little odd, a little weird. I don't think it's like super weird or anything, but it's it's not, you know, what's that type of music you were listening to? To um Tazita. Yeah, Tazita. It's not Tazita. For sure. It's not my old covering. by the way. I, that really did get old after a while. I had to change it to <laughs> Shocker. Something else I can't remember. Yeah, it's not Miley Cyrus's version of zombie or anything. Lately it's been Moroccan lo fi. <laughs> Guys, I've listened to that Miley Cyrus song like 15 more times <laughs> since last week. I can't stop uh, listening to it. I, I still feel that. I mean, I still think it was impressive. I will say that I went back and listened to the 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 Justin Bieber song that you showed us, and I didn't like it the second the next day when I listened to it. Why are you outing me like that? On the yeah, podcast? that makes it sound really. He he didn't he didn't show it to us like, hey guys, listen, no, it's great. I did not. I thought you said that on the podcast. No. I'm sorry, I wouldn't have brought. No, that back there up. was an SNL clip that he, that came up, and it was <laughs> this was about Bard. his re, this was about his religiosity. Yeah, not about his oh, good gotcha, music. Gotcha. No, it all it all blends together. No, no, no. an SNL clip You're popped like up. Jones. I feel like I have to explain this so Bresby Bar doesn't feel like he's having to defend Thank himself you. here. Thank you. An SNL clip popped up as we were cycling through some clips on YouTube. Oh. Oh, okay. And Presby Bar clicked on it because he had recently heard that Justin Bieber had converted. Maybe and there I was, was a at, blue cross in I the think, background. I was like, "Hey, let's check this out." I think I went Chance to the, the rest, rapper too. Chance the rapper also is like these, like him and Chance, and like they're a part of this, like uh, these like pop guys and stuff who are getting like vaguely religious now. Yeah. And it's, I'm just interested. I'm not. Yeah, even I think they I are just, Christians, which, which just, is a, like, a very different aspect than doing this in the late '90s when it was kind of popular. Right now, it's very unpopular. Exactly. So for them to do, it's kind of a big deal. I know. Exactly. I think I just came back from the restroom, and when I came in, y'all were watching Justin Bieber, and I just kind of sat here and didn't say anything. Well, I did I didn't not want recommend to... for you to go listen to Justin Bieber. So I'd like for you. There are no the Justin Bieber fans here. No. No. There's no Miley Cyrus. Fans no. Here. There are no. I don't like Miley Cyrus. I I have never liked anything she has done. But I no. recognize, and I don't. I don't appreciate the hate that I'm getting on the internet from people <laughs> for for liking this song. It's a good Honestly, song. I don't care, you know, hate it. That's fine. I like you can hate me. Like I get I get energy from that when people hate me. Yeah. It gives me it keeps me going. It feeds me. Yeah, yeah, that's what feeds me. And so that's fine. But what I don't want you to do is be deprived of greatness aesthetically yeah. whenever it presents itself. I don't care who the person is that does yeah. it. We were recommended a Tori Amos song and we ended with a Miley Cyrus cover of Zombies and we're we're the ones who are getting criticized. Yeah, come on. Ugh. Yeah, it's way better than that Bad Wolves version. Yeah. That's true. That's I mean, for sure. Definitely. But I will say, the Cranberries version is great. Yeah. So I'm not even saying, like, it's not like Hurt, where that was a crappy song <laughs> that Johnny Cash turned we into We didn't greatness. claim that it was better than the Cranberries. No. I do no. think I do think Miley Cyrus's version is the best version okay. of the song. I'm not saying it's, like, the best cover ever or anything, but I actually do think it's the best version. I think her way of singing it yes. like you know the irish girl like it's kind of cool because she kind of like yodels in it yeah a little you know what i mean like yeah. which is cool and it's different but it doesn't give the same sort of like anti-war there's no pain behind yeah, it. yeah that's feeling yeah. that you want to get and i think miley cyrus's yep. voice like this raspy way she's singing it does it better so that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying but the cranberries version is objectively great 
Love that song. Well done by them in even writing it. You know, Miley Cyrus didn't write the song. I don't think she could ever write anything like that. So I'm not trying to give her more props than she deserves. But this was good. And so, you know, hey, I stand by what I tweeted. Yeah. And have said on this show. All right. <laughs> and thank you for defending me. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, I appreciate that. That, that was that was a scummy move by Gear Hardest. <laughs> You're a bad guy. It was confusion. All right. Let's move on to our topic of the week this week. Arnold buried her body with others, her sister and mother and 500 families. And will she remember me? 50 years later, I wished I could save her in some sort of time machine. Know all your enemies. We know our enemies are. Know all your enemies. We know our enemies. All right, time for our topic of the week. This week we decided, you know, this is going to release. Uh, hopefully on the day before the election. And so we thought we'd just kind of talk a little election talk. I'm sure nobody's had enough of that already in the world. Everybody's pining to know more about the election. Well, in all seriousness, I'm sure there are, are literally tens of people who want to know our take on the election. Yeah. So we're going to give it to you. Uh, and we're also going to maybe maybe touch on, uh, because it is on the topic of election, Joe Rogan has had a banger of a week this week. He's had, and actually he had another guy, he's had Kanye on which we've listened to. He had Alex Jones and Tim Dillon on, Alex Jones obviously being the main event there. And then he also, which I haven't listened to yet, I'm saving it, he also had Glenn Greenwald on. Are you all familiar with Glenn Greenwald? Uh, Independent journalist. Um, Really one of the only journalists left alive that I respect. Yeah. Like he's definitely a liberal in the true sense of the term. Um, he's a like he's gay, you know all that. I think pretty sure. I hope I didn't just make that up. I don't know. <laughs> pretty, I didn't know he was. I'm pretty sure he's gay. I'm almost hundred percent sure. Um, you know, but if all he that, is, that's one of those things. Like it's not his banner. No, it's not. I'm, yeah. But I'm pretty sure he's gay. And but he is a journalist. He's a Brazilian, or he, he does a lot of stuff in Brazil. He's not okay. Brazilian. He's done a lot of stuff in Brazil with journalism and all this stuff through all a lot of things they've done. He's just been a very like objective journalist. He actually just left his. Um, his job at the intercept, I think it's called where he was working because they would not let him post some stuff that's anti Biden, uh, in, in his, or in his like new investigative piece. Like that was kind of critical of Biden. They wouldn't let him, they try to get him taken out. So he resigned, Yeah, wrote this big letter and he was on Rogan. I, I can't wait to listen to it, but yeah. I haven't yet. So big week for Rogan. It is. He's had, a, he's Man. been falling on hard times. So I'm glad to see him. Glad to see him catch a break. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, He's you gotta earn give, that Spotify. You can give money. me a laugh every once in a while, Gearhardis. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm just, I'm in, the, I'm in the zone. Like, You're just like, dead over there. I want to like get. I'm thinking. Stuff. I'm sitting here. I'm thinking through my. The election. mic was like four feet from his mouth. He's yeah, just kinda, and he kind of smiled. Yeah. Well, I was sitting here just thinking through my what my election prediction is going to be. So. Okay, so let's just go ahead and let's go around and talk about. It's time for you to make your official election prediction. Let's get on the book. I don't want to be one of those people. That doesn't put something out there, and then you get to pretend like you were right the whole time. We're gonna put it out there, and then we'll have to come back and and you know say whether or not we were right about this. So, and I think you're the best 
of the three of us at persuasion, so I think you need to go last so that your what you say doesn't influence what doesn't, we say. Okay, I'm fine with that. You want to go first then? Yeah. So I think that Joe Biden will win slightly, not like in a landslide, but I think that it'll come down to swing states. He'll win. Obviously, Trump will um, say that it was due to um, manipulation, and maybe it is. I don't know. But I think then, then... Then we enter into Alex Jones' 79 Days of Hell. <laughs> exactly. Did you hear that yeah, part of the... Yeah, 70, 79 Days of Hell. We'll come back to that later. Yeah, that's my that's my prediction. I'm having a hard time determining whether or not my opinion is based on my opinion or whether it's based on all of the news. It's so hard to tell what I'm being programmed with. Yeah. It is for all of us. Yeah. Um, because I, I've thought... I'm, I was basing mine off of like 538... You know, yeah. not just oh, well, he, not says, ju- he says Trump. He says Biden's going to get like 450 <laughs> electoral votes. Yeah, have you seen his map for it later? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway, go ahead. You know, tr- I felt like Trump has been leading the last couple months. Like it, maybe not even leading, but I, I feel I feel like personally he's been leading, and all of the the indicators the last couple weeks have have gone the other way. But the weird thing is, for no reason. Right, like there's been nothing major that would have pushed it the last couple of weeks toward Biden. Towards Biden, yeah, and that's what makes me that's what makes me skeptical. But at the same time, if all of those indicators are out there saying Biden, it's hard for me not to say Biden. I'm gonna say Biden. Yeah, the Hill. I read the the most convincing thing I read was by the Hill making the case that uh, he that even like they did it. I don't know if it was just them restating another statistic. But they were saying that essentially, even counting for the margin of error from last time, Biden was still living. living. But see, that's just, see that, yeah. and 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 that's why it's so hard to tell if it's like which direction I'm being programmed because it, just personal anecdotes, I I, I guarantee that I, I've I've talked to at least a dozen or more people this year who have all said I didn't vote. Not just this year, just in the last two months, who said I didn't vote for uh, Trump in 2016, but I'm voting for him this year. And there's a, there's been enough people like that, and these aren't like even your typical people who would have ever voted for him yeah. ever, and they've all they've all turned and decided to vote for him because of the radicalness yeah. of the left. Yeah, oh. that the riots. Like, there's been a lot of things the last couple months that have kind of pushed him in that direction. So if all of these kinds of people are turning and gonna they're gonna vote for Trump, it makes me feel like Trump's gonna win. But I I don't know. I, I'm gonna say Biden, but I'm not confident in it. I'm not confident with that take. Yeah. I don't think any of us are too confident with this. I mean, I think it's going to no. be close, you know, for sure. I don't know. Two weeks ago, I think I even said this on the podcast. I think I, I think I said Trump heavily, like three, three twenty, three thirty electoral votes, kind of range. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I was talking to my buddy about this, and he's kind of convinced me and made me get a little concerned. Concerned. I don't care. Concerned. I mean, for that prediction. When yeah. I say these things, I'm gonna yeah. say like I'm gonna say words like I'm worried or concerned. I just mean about my prediction. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not talking about like I'm worried Trump's gonna lose. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. So I'm concerned about that prediction for a few reasons that I'm not gonna go into because I don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to. It's too complicated. I don't want to get into interesting reading but that's people. Inter- but I think that's interesting to people that are listening. Well, I know, but it's not stuff I'm... I don't know if I want to reveal it. Okay. Why I think certain things. Interesting. I mean, I might reveal it to you guys off okay. the air. I'm fine with that then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't know that... And I might not. Yeah, I don't care about our listeners. I want to know. <laughs> I'm just saying that there are, you know, 
like I watch people and I watch, you know, thing like things that happen and I watch people who predict these things and people who are who are persuaders in this space and I try to read this is where my, my buddy kind of got me tuned in. I was like, yeah, I see what he's talking about now. Um, that make me sort of think some different things than I thought a couple weeks ago. So, But there are also, I'm still going to pick Trump to win. I still think he's going to win. I've been thinking about this a lot today. Um, and I, I'm more concerned about that than I was two weeks ago. Uh, and I would not be surprised to see Biden win at all. But I still am going to, I'm still going to predict Trump to win. I think it's going to be more like in the 280, 288 range. And and here's why I'm still picking him is that even with even if the polls are right, he actually can still win electorally. He has a really really good electoral path to victory. So it looks like he's going to get Florida. Um Another one of the reasons that I'm concerned is that that I don't mind sharing is that is the turnout is high already. Like in this early voting stuff, we're getting to see a little bit more than we normally would. Like how turnout is. Do you is believe those racially? numbers? The early voting. Yeah, I mean, there's like they said there have been 65 million votes cast. You believe that? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know that that's a lie. I mean, that's over half of what it was last year. Total. I know. I believe that. I know a lot of people that have voted early. Yeah. Especially like not in our state, like friends of mine, like everybody's voting early. Yeah. And the turnout. I, I think I would have expected turnout to be lower in general this year. Me too, but I don't think it's gonna. That's what right. I mean. That's why I think that's what's made me come off of that's low turnout is one of the reasons yeah. I was felt felt even better about Trump. But I think the high turnout has made me feel a little less. Now we'll see on election night because we don't really know what kind of percentage of people have already voted of who's going to vote. Yeah. Right. Like we could just have a really low in person voting and we yeah. don't realize it, you know, until it happens. So who knows? But. If if it continues the way it seems like it's going to, and we're going to have high turnout, that is typically pro Democrat, right? That's I, something that typically works in favor of the Democrat. But the early voting actually in Florida has actually favored Trump, and I think he's going to end up getting Arizona, which is like kind of up for debate, like according to the polls. But I don't right. think anybody like really thinks he's not going to get Arizona, mm-hmm. um, and then probably like. Um, um, Utah. Okay, so let's say he gets Arizona, he gets Florida, now, and he gets like Ohio, which is probably likely. All right, now we're looking at states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota as the big swings. And you know, this is obviously like assuming nothing crazy happens, like you know Biden gets Texas or something, which is what Nate Silver is predicting, for instance. That's why it's like. I just don't buy that, and I'm gonna have to put my foot in my mouth. But like, that's why it's hard for me to take anything he's saying seriously. Yeah, I mean, he was very wrong four years ago too. He's been very wrong every time except yeah. once. Yeah, and he got just like the, all of this fame from one time. Yeah, when Obama, I don't remember if it was 08 or 12. I can't remember. And it's like, oh, amazing that he is. Like, the dude is a joke. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so we're looking at Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. If he gets Arizona. And Pennsylvania, but I saw he's not looking good in Pennsylvania, though. I don't think. I think he is. Okay. He pulled out of Pennsylvania. He stopped uh, doing stuff in there. Yeah, I guess I haven't checked lately, but I thought I don't know what. I'm sure the yeah. polls show him bad. Yeah, yeah. But if he doesn't, if he gets Pennsylvania, he doesn't even have to get Minnesota, Wisconsin, or Michigan. He can lose all three of those and get Pennsylvania, Florida, Ohio, Arizona, and win. 
Oh, I didn't know that. And all the other ones that he's probably going to get, you know, I mean, the ones that are, like, obvious that he's going to get. Let me, I saved a map that I was, I was messing around uh, with it the other day. Let me see. I mean, I, I, can I think it. there's a pretty good bit of anti, no, like never Trumpers in Utah, though, isn't there? Like, uh, that what's the guy, the joke, the dude, the Mormon guy that ran oh, last yeah. time as Man, a third? But even he, yeah. like, voted for Barry. Hey, he's name. he's actually kind of turned till. I thought he was like doing. I thought he was organizing something this year, like an, a Never Trump movement again. I'm sure. What's yeah. that guy's name? Uh, Evan McMullen. Yeah, Evan right? McMullen. Um. No, I'm trying to find that one that I saved. I can't find it. Anyway, um, so, again, all that to say that, so there there are multiple, and then also, if he does not get, um, if he does not get, or let's say he, if he gets Pennsylvania, he doesn't have to get those three, and if he doesn't get Pennsylvania and he picks up like two of those three, he can still win, two. And it might, it might have been three of those three, because I think he's probably, I still pick him not getting, um, Minnesota, but there are some people who think that he will get Minnesota. But um, yeah, I was pretty surprised by the early numbers on that. Anyway, much not not even Kanye leading by Jorgensen, but the fact that Trump was that close to Biden in Minnesota. Well, anyway, uh, you referenced yeah. that earlier. So Kanye's leading. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's he's got twice as many votes as the Libertarian Party in Minnesota. <laughs> he's got more than Joe Jorgensen. He's got yeah. three like three point three percent, and Jorgensen's got like two percent. <laughs> It's amazing. That's a win in and of itself. Yeah. It is mostly just to see the Libertarian Party, you know, crumble. Yeah, just look like idiots. it would be amazing if he got five percent just so the birthday party gets a seat at the debate in four years. Mm-hmm. They'll find a way around it, though. Yeah, I can't find this map. I, I don't know where it went, but basically, he can win if he gets Florida, Pennsylvania, Ohio. He would not have to get Michigan, Wisconsin, or Minnesota. Then. And everybody views those as like one of those or two of those as must wins, but they're really not. Like his electoral path is actually pretty good. So I sent you guys my official prediction, I think, a week ago, didn't I? Mm-hmm. With that map. I think I had him at 320. Um, and that has him winning basically, which I st- I, I'm not going to stand by that anymore. Well, no, I still will. That's still my official prediction because I sent it in. Let's let it be official. I tried to send that before a lot of the early voting results came in because now I feel like it's not fair anymore because... Yeah. So, like, I did that before. So, that's, like, my official, like, pre-election prediction was 320. Um, that had him winning Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Florida, Arizona, and I think maybe one more out in the West, like, maybe New Mexico or something stupid like that. Which is more fun for you to fill out? Uh, these are, like, March Madness. Oh, uh, this for sure. That's what, I was, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, for me it is. I, I'm okay with March Madness bracket, but I don't get real pumped up about yeah. that. And I love basket, basketball. Yeah, but this is more fun. Yeah. Because this I feel like I actually you can actually like do some analytics on. Yeah. And I'm sure somebody can do some analytics on March mm-hmm. Madness, but I can't. So so anyway. Uh, and, of course, this is this is him winning North Carolina. If he doesn't win North Carolina, he's in trouble. He's in trouble. That's going to signal... Yeah. Is it close in North Carolina? Yeah. Hmm. Like the polls have it close, but I don't know that it's cl- I don't know. It's hard yeah. it's just hard to it's know. Just, yeah. It's just it's just so hard to even answer that question. So what I think is gonna happen is is uh it's gonna be close. Uh I mean you forget, I don't know if y'all remember this or not, but Trump lost the popular vote. <laughs> I'm sure nobody has reminded you that from the left since mm. the election. Uh you know, so he and he actually, you know, he barely like he ended up winning pretty heavily in the electoral 
but he I mean he barely won some of these states like Michigan yeah. mm-hmm. you know and stuff Pennsylvania he barely so it was not like yeah. really the election came down to a few thousand votes if you want to look at it you know uh, a certain way last time so it's not out of the realm of possibility obviously it's so weird to be saying that because the polls all show him like no chance of winning but it's it's not out of the realm of possibility of him losing um but I think he's going to win, and then I think, like Alex Jones mentioned on Joe Rogan's podcast, we're going to enter 79 days of hell. <laughs> yeah. And what he means by that, and I completely agree with him, is up until inauguration, it will be contested and battled left and right. So what do you guys think is going to happen? Uh, yeah, so you predicted the... Biden to win. So what's going to happen? I'm not I'm not quite as sure it's going to be contested if Biden wins versus if Trump wins. When Trump wins, I think we're just really going to see a, a turning up the volume of the things that we've already been seeing, the rioting, protests, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's about it. I don't really know about... Uh, I, th- I think we will. You think we're going to see? Yeah, I, in some in some aspect, I don't know which aspect of it. I mean, because again, it's it's so hard to know what's real and what's not, right? Like, you know, well, three Trump weeks guys ago, riot though. You think? I mean, not necessarily a riot, but I mean, three weeks ago, apparently, people like a group from the alt right tried to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Um, I mean, no, no, no. This person was a CIA operative. You haven't seen this. Uh. Uh-uh. This person was a former CIA informant. See, that's what I'm talking about, man. Like, if you don't keep up with everything, I think didn't Alex Jones say this too on the podcast? I missed this. That this person, and I could totally I be wrong. Oh, y'all need to do me like like Rogan was doing. Alex Jones constantly make me Google this, but I'm pretty sure that I, I am going to Google this. I'm pretty sure that the um, Michigan uh, kid governor kidnapper turned out to be a uh, CIA informant. And yet nobody's heard. Like that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I mean with programming. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter how much you try to keep up. Like, there's so many news sources that are telling you different things all the time. You just kind of much laugh anytime someone says alt right to me. Plus, it was weird because um, I know for a fact I'll have to look. That could be something that's in the dark corners of the internet and not true. But I do know for a fact that that person, whoever it was, like also hated Trump. Okay. He was. It was stated he had said in several places that he wanted to see Trump hanged. Okay. So it's not like he was some sort of Trump supporter. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's why you're not hearing about it. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If this guy was some sort of like MAGA person, like that story happened and then it went away within a day. Yeah. Somebody tried to kidnap the governor. If it was a Trump supporter that tried to kidnap, we would not. That's have, true. I mean, that's true. you just don't even hear about it anymore. So that part that I mentioned, I don't know. You you people out there listening will have to check me on that, but. I think there's some truth to that. Anyway, go and ahead. And isn't the alt-right disbanded? I mean, I thought they died. Richard yeah, I mean, Spencer, I thought, was the pretty much the last person that was really truly alt-right, and he pretty much apostatized from the alt-right. Yeah, he did. I mean, I don't know. It, nobody knows what that means anymore, you know. Alt-right. Well, I hear people use it to describe, like, Gavin McInnes and, like, yeah. uh, essentially neoconservatives. That are a little bit young and a little bit more punk rock. They just anybody on the new right they call alt right. Yeah, you know, and it's not yeah. everybody's alt right. That I mean, there is an alt right. Alt right is is ra- but it's racial identification. It's identity. It's an embrace probably. of right wing identity politics. Yeah, probably. The Alex Jones stuff. It's weird. Um, 
you know, we gave Gearhardus a hard time about Alex Jones back in maybe episode three or four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he's such a he's such a strange character because I, I think all three of the things that I'm about to say are true. I think, I think he's a con man. I think he is uh, a little bit unhinged, but I also think that he's right a lot of times, and I think that there's a lot of proof backing that up but i think the other two aspects of that make it so cloudy that you never know what to believe with him like he i mean he he called the epstein stuff years ago yeah right? like i mean oh like like he's on record talking about this epstein stuff like 20 years ago yeah it's insane yeah and, and i've got a theory out there the we, i used to watch a show on the history channel called Brad Meltzer's or Metzler's Decoded. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a great show. Yeah, and and that was my first taste of Alex Jones because there was a, a segment about Bohemian Grove yeah. where <laughs> Alex Jones is there and he sneaks in and he's talking about it. And at the time, Alex Jones was still relatively unknown. Like, at, at least yeah. if you knew him, he there was no uh, stigma attached to him, right? And he apparently snuck into Bohemian Grove, filmed a few things, and if you'll notice, like maybe this is my conspiracy theory, but if you'll notice... After that episode, and after all the, those things leaked, that's when there seemed to be a concerted effort to uh, discredit this guy. Hmm. And they could be completely unrelated because I mean he's he's no, been they're wrong about not us. unrelated. I, I, they can't be. No, they can't be. No, they're not. There's a lot of things that he said that are clearly not true, and and, and he, he does a lot of things with his like what name like one what thing. I was I was gonna say that, but I didn't like. Gay, is, well, I mean, he's talked about Hillary Clinton being a lizard. Uh, are you sure that's not true? <laughs> This is the podcast that calls her a literal demon, and we're going to make fun of her. We're going to make fun of Alex Jones. I mean, calling her a lizard. I just, I just don't know. I don't I, know if I, you perform surgery on her, you're going to find skills. In I, if anything, well, I, he doesn't mean lizard. He doesn't mean she's a literal lizard. I mean, if you go with like the David Ick stuff from England, like there, there's there's a lot of people who believe that there's actual. An yeah, alien but he race doesn't believe that. He discredits a lot of that stuff. Like sometimes people will call in about about that type of stuff, and he kind of shuts it down. He's more of. I mean, from what I can tell, he's just a really overly apologetic for Trump now. The Sandy Hook thing is the thing that he gets hammered for. Yeah. And I'm saying that to say that it doesn't matter what you think about Sandy Hook. The point is is that even that's really the only thing when you make people like the left get specific about what Alex Jones has gotten wrong, that's the only one they can come up with. I mean, the gay frog thing they love to bring up because it's like it's like a way to make fun of him because it sounds so ridiculous. But, like, the Sandy Hook thing is the only thing you can get him to say. But people will say things like what you were saying. It's like, look, he's wrong about a lot of stuff, but when he gets it right, he gets it right. And I'm like, we just watched him on a three-hour episode with Joe Rogan off the top of his head say about 12 things that Joe Rogan thought were unbelievable, had to make him, like, had to fact-check him on, and every one of them turned out to be true. And it was not planned. He, you, you know, he's just talking. He's just talking off of his memory, and just nails everything. I've been listening to him for a long time. We know since the Ron Paul days, because he was a Ron Paul supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing. Like, it's weird he's to see so much right. That's it's weird to see say. him like viewed or lumped in as some sort of like um, alt writer or some even somebody on the right because. He was in 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 the in the two thousands. He was 
like staunchly against George W. Bush, mm-hmm. like anti-George W. Bush. All and the documentaries I used to watch growing up with him were about anti, more against Republicans than anything. Yes, for yeah. sure. Well, when I say con man, I mean, he ends up selling a lot of products. Oh, yeah, just yeah. Total, total junk. Well, he's got to make his money, man. <laughs> Like what? What is he? I don't like, even I mean, know there, there was something earlier this year, some kind of uh, silver silver something toothpaste that like cured COVID. <laughs> no, he's see that was a spin. He the the people were saying that 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 type of silver was supposedly like one of the natural remedies to like help not 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 cure COVID, but help with the symptoms of COVID. So he started selling a lot of that silver stuff. If you look, a lot of people bought this stuff up at the time because mm-hmm. we were looking at it for potential things. So he just he bought it. I'm not saying, but that doesn't mean that a lot he, of people bought masks. And exactly. We don't ever get on and the but that. the media but the media spend it as uh, Alex Jones sells you know tooth silver toothpaste to cure COVID. Yeah. It was just not true. Yeah, I'm not aware of. Yeah, any but of I mean, that even stuff. that like I mean toothpaste. But, it's not but, like you're taking a supplement. Like brushing I mean, your teeth with this stuff I mean, is not going to. But it's just we're like, brushing our teeth with literal poison right now. That's what I'm saying. Like he just nobody cares. He's got to make his money somehow. And if he's if he's selling vitamin, natural remedies, testosterone, how boosters, is this different than any of these people that are uh, wine ants that are selling essential oils? Essential is, is has the word essential ever been used in a in a less correct way <laughs> than to describe essential oils? <laughs> I think that's the worst usage. I think that's the least accurate way that that word has ever been used. Yeah, nothing could be less essential than those oils. Anyway, um, yeah, I, yeah, don't I think, mean, I, I don't think, think he's any more of a con man than like a Tucker Carlson or someone else that has a new show that has advertisements or Rachel Maddow or like yeah. anybody, anybody that's got a podcast and they've got you know advertisements where they get you know CBD gummies. Like we don't know anything about what CBD does for you i mean there's everybody says it does a bunch of stuff and every podcast advertises for something cbd johnny apple cbd yeah it's like (laughs) all of this stuff is cbd but like so to me that's the same type of stuff maybe see he's got he's got a lot of there's literal cbd cordial silver though i want to look this up he's got a lot of this kind of stuff well i don't know i don't keep up with any of that stuff yeah i had no i don't know even know what y'all are talking about he has a lot of like these pills that are like um, brain like brain booster and stuff like that that have a bunch of like, you know the kind of stuff that's in Monster Energy drinks essentially in the back and it's just caffeine pills. Yeah, you know. Yeah, whatever. That stuff's all over the place. Like going to a gas station, there's all kinds of you know weird stuff that. And it's fun, you know. It's just the way he markets it is you're funding the info war, you know whatever. Well, I mean, supposedly he makes twenty million dollars a year just off his website. So the fact that he goes around is that true. It was as of a few years ago, but before he got deplatformed. Since Good he's been deplatformed, but who knows? people buy the supplements too. I know plenty of people that actually buy his supplements and swear by the testosterone boosters and all that stuff. Yeah, I just think all those things are. I mean, my mom buys these weird vitamins; they're like thirty-five dollars a month, and I've been telling her for years, like this does nothing. Testosterone booster does do something, though. I think. I've never had it. No, I've never either. needed. I guess I'm just saying. You do. You don't know it. I'm probably good. Every no, you look no, at no. I've, I've been thinking about you look at some the, type of a testosterone this is another thing supplement. that's not being talked about. You should look at what the testosterone level for males has been. Like it's been on a. I've been on this kick rocketed forever. decline over the last like decade, few decades, for a lot of reasons. You know, probably, but one of the reasons microwave is that, soy. 
We're bro, getting, I'm not kidding. Men's Health had an article no, about soy, that. though, for real. Everything I is, know soy is in everything. Yeah, yeah, Like, you look at soybean oil. That's what I was going to get to. <laughs> soybean oil is, like, the number one ingredient in many things when you look at, like, any condiment, you know, salad dressing, anything like yeah. that. So, like, soybean oil is everywhere, and there's a lot of reasons. You should also look up. I'm going to give you all people something to Google. You should look up. Just Google this, and it's going to blow your mind. Estrogen receipts. You'll never touch a receipt again. Interesting. Like what you get from the store. Never touch a receipt again. Kanye hinted at this, didn't yeah, he? he did. Interesting. Yeah. I, I can't believe I haven't told you all about this before. Okay, let's move on. So I'm way more interested in the Kanye stuff than the, than the Alex Jones stuff. Well, and that's the fact that you even say that makes me want to stay on the Alex <laughs> Jones stuff. Because I can tell you don't like Alex Jones. And I'm not saying that I like Alex Jones, but what I'm saying is that he is so useful in this world that we currently live in. Like, Rogan has him on. Like, if Rogan respects him enough to have him on, like, that is not a good move for Rogan. Like, it's a bad move for Rogan. No, I agree. Uh, It's not that I don't like him. I, I just think he's complicated. Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready. To, I, so let's talk about the less complicated Kanye West. He's no, partially he's, he's, playing but he's a, a fun character. Complicated. But he's partially playing a I character. I think Alex Jones is a fun complicated. <laughs> Alex Jones is a national treasure. <laughs> he is. Like you watch these videos of him, like run, like I don't know if he's playing. You know, when he's doing some of these stuff, if he's playing a character or not, sometimes it's hilarious. He is. Sometimes yeah, he is. I know he is. So that's what I'm saying. But I don't even care. Like some of these videos when he like goes and busts people up on the streets and stuff. That. Like they're they're amazing. They're amazing. You know, and even when he's Joe. Joe, I'm gonna talk to you quietly now. You know, in this whole, but episode, I mean, you saw the vi- you saw the video where he confronts the member of the Bohemian Grove. Yeah, and the guy, you know, says, "You're not a gentleman. This is not gentlemanly." Not, yeah, it's not gentlemanly. Like, yeah, did you get to that part in the nah. episode? So you know about Bohemian Grove? Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. Like, I mean, there it was on the History Channel that that decoded show where he snuck in and oh yeah, yeah. he filmed the the effigy being burned and yeah, I mean that was to me that's why he probably has been discredited, and yeah. it's just it, it is it is strange how many connections that place has to all the presidents and how many secret societies all these presidents belong to. He makes the supposition that Bohemian Grove originally was just like this artsy like place where people went and had a bunch of sex and did yep. like weird like loose stuff because that's just what they were like Mark Twain was it Mark Twain that kind of yes, started Mark it Mark Twain or, started it so and then around the early 1900s like George H.W. Bush's granddad who was severely screwed up in the head yes seriously uh, like sort of his branch of people from Skull and Bones ended up like buying it taking it over and ever since then it's been like this weird devil worshipping like leadership cult mm-hmm. where basically they they compromise each other as a way to build trust with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like they get themselves in compromising situations. Yeah. So like maybe ca- film or catch two men in some type of sexual relation, get video of it and then hold that politician to yeah. it. Yeah. It's a way and it, they don't even do it like as a way to for blackmail so much as it is like a way to prove that you trust each other. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a weird, like twisted thing. It's like, you know, you should we should do this together because we each will have something on each other, and that's how we can show that we're in and, this brotherhood. And this isn't even just Alex Jones stuff. This is like Richard Nixon talks about this. Yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. this yeah. is not just Alex. But Alex Jones blew this up. Yeah, yeah. You know, without him, nobody would Absolutely. be talking about this the yeah. way that they are and wouldn't understand it. And it's basically, 
probably just like a non-factor now. Yeah. You know, because of that. But maybe not. Who knows? But I mean, he. I mean, he really and I heard him up. talking about John Podesta long before anybody else about yeah. how weird this guy was and about how much of a pedophile. And he the was. Epstein stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, he was on this Epstein stuff way before. I mean, he knows what he's talking. And about. And he talked about Hillary worshiping Satan, and then we're looking at those pictures, and there's. You know what blew my mind? He just very casually. Art on her. Rogan book. mentioned. I don't think you probably got to this part because it was kind of towards the end. Uh, he Rogan just sort of casually mentioned, like as a joke, they found water on the moon, and and Alex Jones is like, yeah, I knew that three weeks ago. Buzz Aldrin called me, and he said, he, <laughs> and it was, he, he said they're gonna, he and seriously, he was like, he was like, they they told me and said, they, he said he called me and said, Alex, uh, they're about to they're about to release, they found water, and he just like went on this whole thing, and Joe Rogan's like, wait. Did, did Buzz Aldrin really call you? He called it. Was Buzz Aldrin? Yeah, he called the show. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, he calls me all the time. It's <laughs> just like real, and you know, it turned out whatever he said was yeah. true that yeah. he, that Buzz Aldrin told him. You know, because Joe Rogan was like, whoa, stop! Like this whole episode, Rogan is trying to just fact check him. Yeah, constantly stop. He's like, stop! You can't say that. Yeah, you can't say those things and it not be true. You can't just go off and say those things. And he'll be like, I can't remember exactly. Look it up. Uh, Google. Uh, and he'll say the thing, and Jamie will pull it up. You know, it's like he randomly just sort of said like. Who was it? Uh, Michael Cohen, not Michael Cohen. Was it Michael Cohen? Was like in AT and T's pocket. Yes, Cohen. He just sort of said like these companies like AT and T. And Joe Rogan starts you can, to fact check. You mean check companies him. like AT and T? Yeah, he's or like AT and T's like I believe it's AT and T. And and, and Alex Jones is like, well, maybe I just mean like Fortune five hundred companies. And then he goes, you can. He stops and he's like, no, no, actually it's AT and T. Look it up. I know, I know he had this, and he does. And Rogan's like, what? Yeah, you know. So what I'm saying is that like. I'm very because I mean, look, I I don't know. He probably he is crazy. Like he is crazy, but I don't necessarily view that as a bad thing. Like Kanye said, we're about to talk about Kanye West. What I did mean. Kanye say? He said, "Telling the truth, I can't remember exactly how he said it, uh, is crazy in a world full of lies." Yeah. So yeah, you are crazy, but that doesn't that word does not necessarily have a negative connotation automatically. It's not inherently all that means is opposite of normal. And what is normal? No one can give you a definition of what normal is or normal. Well, I, I think I think you can. Like, I even mean like, because normal can mean like if Kanye is crazy, it's because people view him as crazy because he doesn't talk in a normal way. Like he described, he talks in symphonies. He doesn't talk like he. That's how he described. It. He doesn't talk in like a linear fashion like all three of us would. He's moving around, so that makes him not normal and therefore sound quote unquote crazy. Yeah. Like you listen to him and people people will listen to that that have not listened to much Kanye and be like, Oh, he sounds unhinged. Yeah. But he's obviously not. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly totally sal- you know, salient. I guess we've moved on to Kanye now. But to to say this on Kanye, that was the most self aware I've ever heard him. Yeah. Like I've been I've been following Kanye and been calling him a genius for years now, for like a decade probably at least. And even through all the Taylor Swift stuff before that, I thought his 2013 album Yeezus was genius and everybody was critical of it. He was like real critical of the black community and I thought it was like brilliantly done artistically. I mean, I think I told you all this before the show. When 808s and Heartbreak came out, I was like, okay, this guy's beyond just a good rapper. He's like a good artist. And then whenever my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out, it was like, okay, he's an actual genius, you know? And now everything else he's done outside of just being a good rapper or whatever is proving yeah. that my claim that he's the greatest artist ever. 
dead or alive, which Hawk gave me crap for. Well, the whole room did. We did. To be fair, all three of you. It was just because it, it caught it's me a, so off guard. It's an outlandish statement, but it's a true one. It's yeah, one yeah, I, I, don't, I still don't know that I agree with it. I just think he's he is a genius. I think I think I've just never thought about who might be, and so for the first uh, the first uh, take to be kind, it's just kind of like that can't be. Yeah, let me think. But on maybe, <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So anyway, what did y'all think of the Kanye episode? What stuck out to you from that, and especially how does it relate to the election? I think I think the thing about Kanye that fascinates me, and I feel like I have to preface this every time I have sent that interview to anybody is just, you kind of referenced it, the symphony in which he talks. And the only way I can kind of describe it is you're walking down a tunnel and there's 20 different tunnels leading on either side. And the only way to get to the end of that tunnel is to take one of the other tunnels, which is going to have another 20 tunnels on either side. And it may take you 45 minutes. Like walking straight to that tunnel would take 10 seconds. Right. But it may take you 45 minutes of tunnel navigating to get to the end of it. I was very impressed by how much Joe Rogan let him talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you kept expecting him to like cut in, and he definitely did not do that with Alex yeah. Jones. You know, he was like cutting Alex yeah. Jones off constantly, uh, and that was the only thing that bothered me about that interview. But I, I get it because he was anticipating if he just let Jones go and didn't fact check him, he ended up making Alex Jones look a lot better. He did. Like at first, it was like very annoying, but if he didn't do that, yeah, nobody's going to do their own fact checking. Yeah. They're just going to say, "Oh, he had him," because they're still trying to criticize him for it. But but anyway, he let Kanye go and just let him go. Let the conversation go wherever he wanted. It's like, oh, you mean slave? You he did that. Kanye didn't mean slavery was an actual choice. Yeah. He meant people, you know, choosing to to live into bond in bondage now as a choice. Right. Right, and it's like we never hear things put in context in our society. Yeah, and getting to hear Kanye for three hours was a godsend. It was amazing. I mean, and it was life changing. No, I, I won't. I mean, he changed things, certain certain things. That starting a monastery. Yes, and not just that. That he a lot of the same ideas we've talked about as far as buildings and cities designed to keep us in bondage, to keep yeah. us enslaved to. Yeah, he talked about how they. They, I was talking about this, you know, about how on the last episode, probably my only decent contribution to architecture was how, you know, we built our neighborhoods around the roads instead of vice versa. And he was yeah. talking about how they want to keep you in your car. They want to put you 50 minutes away from your school and from your work and keep you in your car all day long. And it's about, that's about industry. It's not about actually your life. Yeah. And the cu- you know? and the same reason we live in cubes. Yeah. You know, he talked about that. It, just how much our society is built up to cause issues. A lot of the health problems we everybody wants to talk about healthcare right now. Well, a lot of the reason people are not healthy is because we're living in ways that are just just not not effective. Like living in cities is just it's not good. It's not good for you. No. It's not good for your mental health, your physical health. And now he's got three percent of the vote in in uh, Minnesota. The part that I liked so much, I think. Maybe not the most, but it. I was listening to it with my wife um, when he talked about deprogramming kids. We talked about uh, his pastor's daughter had talked about, uh, why don't you do a rap album? And it, out of the mouth of babes is, I think, his direct quote. And it was just like one of those things, like, if that's what they want, I'm doing it for the kids. And he talked about kids not being programmed the way adults are to, to not question things, not ask questions and... um. I, even the way we talk to our kids, the way we dress our kids when they're babies, the way people will do baby talk to them, the way 
you let make kids listen to these weird little lullabies that are not actual music. Like there's nothing about the way we treat kids that actually teach them to be an adult. And that's something that I've always kind of harped on for years that has always driven me crazy. And the fact that he started talking about that kind of gave, gave me hope that other people are going to listen to it and actually start seeing things that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even more than, I think there was even an interview maybe a, a year or two ago where he had talked about like, uh, you know, if you see a kid jump up on a table, your first, your first reaction is to yell at him and say, get off that table. And like, why? What's wrong with them being on the table? <laughs> and there's just so many things about the way we raise our kids every day to make them think that no is the solution. No is what you should be doing. No, 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 no. Everything you do is no. You're programmed since birth. And even in just little dumb ways, I've really tried to to let my kids have yeses. And uh, we have, this is, this is dumb, but it's fun. Whenever we have eggs that go out of date, uh, my wife and I will always, like if we're going somewhere, just the last 10 years we've done this, we'll see who can hit the most road signs with the eggs. And we were doing it the other day. Oh, cool. Yeah. I support, I support that. <laughs> the other day, uh, we had like, I don't know, nine eggs. Why do y'all and let your eggs go out so much? She bought a bunch. Along. We never, we eat well, all of our eggs. We usually do, but uh, Jamie, now they have eggs and they will bring us fresh eggs. And so <laughs> now we have a plethora of eggs. So now we're just going to stop buying them from the store. Gotcha. This is not a regular occurrence. Gotcha. Okay. It may happen once a year, but we had about nine eggs the other day and we're tossing a few and, uh, uh, one of my kids asked, Hey, can I throw one? And you know, like no parent ever is going to be like, yeah, you can throw eggs out of the car. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You can do this. And, uh, they all, th- they just were throwing eggs at road signs. Like just being me being a terrible parent. Yeah. This is an interesting, yeah, this an interesting is choice to, yeah. <laughs> to drive your point home. I'm with you. Yeah. Do you, do you, I mean, do you get it though? I'm not sure that I do. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm not sure that I do. Okay. I'm not one of those. That that's not free, how, free range. This is not how I view. No pun intended. Free range chickens is that. That's nice. Uh, I, I'm not one of those. Um, that's a little too hippie for me. But you know my personality, so I'm totally on board with that. We treat. I was going to push back on you a little bit. I was wondering. I was like, part of me is so confused by the fact that you actually like ye because you don't yay. seem yay. I always say ye. Sorry, Kanye. 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 Never mind. But this actually proves the point. You're you're so like rigid and and sometimes anal about things that he's the total opposite of that. I just don't agree with that at all. <laughs> I don't I don't know why why would you think he's he's just so I mean he he doesn't even follow regular social norms like at all. You think I follow regular social norms? Yeah, that's probably not a good way of putting it. <laughs> so what I'm saying though is about but this. But you're like, you're very structured. Like if if, if, what's, if right, that's 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 and so is he. Not really. Kind of just goes. He says that he goes and hangs out with his Listen, his kids all day. That's what he said. I know, but that's such bull crap. Oh, you don't believe? No, him? no. Whenever he said, "What's your day like?" I, I take my kids and I stay at my kids' school all day long. It's like that's one day. But you cannot be on the board of Gap, running Adidas, essentially building a. Christian school, building a whole community in Cody, Wyoming, and also being a, a like billionaire without ha- having structure. Like all he did was talk about one thing, and what he was talking about that day was like he was learning stuff about how they cook their food in the kitchen. Yeah. So he was doing that for that day, and he had a purpose behind what he was doing because he wanted to know how they were going to grow everything they needed and then cook it in the school that day. And that's all he mentioned. It's just you know he can't he doesn't answer questions the way Joe Rogan wanted him to answer it. Joe Rogan thinks that way. It's like 
you know, you get up at 4 a.m. and you work out and you do this, this, yeah, and this. Yeah. And Kanye may not think that way, but he doesn't think with no structure. You cannot accomplish what he's accomplished and not have structure. Like, you just can't. I mean, you may be more creative and you may be more fluid in some some sort of sense of that word, but what I'm saying, like, like with this whole kid thing, like, totally agree. Kids don't need to be, kids need to not be talked to as babies and all that kind of stuff, but I don't think the solution is to act more silly. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, no, you don't, you don't stand on tables. Like, get off the table. And, but, like, there's a way to raise your kids, especially if you have boys, you know, is the way I think of it. I've got boys, you know, into being a man, you know, and not treat, like, I try to raise, like, I want my kid, my goal is that my kid, sort of like a throwback, you know, to other societies is that, you know, regardless of structural norms, I would like to believe that my kid, when he's 17, would be mature enough to get married, now, it may not be that way in society where, like, it makes sense, you know, structurally for that to happen. But, I mean, maturity. Because my granddad got married, both of them, when they were 17. So, there's nothing biologically that's different about him at 17 and them. It's all it's all environment and maturity. And so, there's ways to do that. And it's not about, like, being, being rigid and strict as much as it is that understanding that structure is godly. Like, order is godly, in my opinion. Like, those kind of things are good things and discipline is a very good thing and so like my view on that with children is actually what we do with kids instead is we say so much hey let the kids be kids let the kids be kids and what i don't want to do is crush their enthusiasm see i don't think we say let kids be kids i think we try so hard to uh stifle them at such an early age now Maybe not like us in this room, but just in general, society does. Stifles kids? Yeah. Like creativity? Yeah. What? I mean, they may stifle their creativity, but I don't think they stifle. You think people are growing up too mature? Uh, no, but I, but I guess that's what I mean. I, I, th- I think that we stifle uh, their growth. I think that we stifle no. their ability to uh, people aren't use reason until and logic. they're 30 years old. I know. That's what I'm saying. But that's not stifling. That's That's. I mean, I guess that's that's keeping them in arrested development. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. What I took away from Kanye was more of empowering kids to know like how food is grown, to know to know the basic necessities of life at a very young age. No, I'm not. No, I just I was just saying that there is kind of a contrast between. That's just because he's a creative. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not a creative. Mm. I mean, I've said that you know multiple times. Like, I wish I was more but i'm just not and that you have to you have to know what you are like i could sit around and try not to do that all day long and i'm still not going to come up come up with anything genius level you know i i have to be productive kanye doesn't kanye can it will come eventually i have to structure my way into productivity to do anything to accomplish anything in this world creative people don't creative people don't have to structure themselves into being productive now some of them do that's just how they work but like they're going to create. You're not just naturally, like, for me at least, I just kind of have almost a, such an, like, an OCD personality type that I just kind of don't have to plan on being disciplined. It's just my, like, my anxiety drives me to be disciplined, if that I makes sense. I don't have anxiety. Well, when I say anxiety, my fear that of, I guess, like, fear of not uh, not achieving what I think that I'm capable of my achieving. My structure is just, that's, that's just my, I just think in terms of systems. And so if I can, the less thought I have to put into what I'm 
going to do, the more likely I am to follow it. You know, so if I can just make it a system, if I can make it something that's a habit, then, and so then you only have to put a little bit of work into getting it to be a habit on the front end, and then it's a, a discipline that stays for a long time. But anyway, that's a different discussion. But I, I guess what I'm getting at is that I, I don't understand what you mean by the, like, why can't you tell them? Well, I mean, why can't they stand on the table? Like, why should they stand on the table? I I mean, you have to ask Kanye that. That was his example. I don't remember that part, but... That wasn't in this episode. That was like an oh. interview from about a year or two oh, ago. Okay. He was just talking about the way, essentially, kids are programmed because it's just no, no, no their entire life until they get to an adult and they stop asking questions that would that would result in a yes. Yeah, I mean... I do agree on the the no thing. Doug Wilson in his book uh, "Reforming Marriage" talks about talks about you you want to have very few no's, but the no's are kind of broad. So like, no disrespecting me, no, uh, you know, or excuse me, no disrespecting your mother, um, no dishonoring me, and then maybe one other thing. Yeah. But it's not like you can't watch this, you can't watch this, you can't watch that. It's more of just a kind of a general respect for what I say yeah. when I tell you to do something. Yeah, you know? and knows a great answer. I don't think he's saying that. I'm not saying that. I think that the I think the current state of raising kids, though, it, it is such a thoughtless no. It is a no to basically get you out of my hair and make you yeah. be quiet. I just sure. don't even hear parents say no anymore. That's what I'm... I mean, I don't have kids, so I guess I really shouldn't be speaking to that. But Yeah, I guess I that's what I'm saying by, like, I don't feel like a lack of... Like, I feel like a lack of structure is our problem, not structure. That's what I'm getting at. Like, I, I think that... The right kind of structure, though. I think that's the thing. I think there is structure. I just think it doesn't it, it doesn't foster growth. As far as what I'm... When I, when I was... What I kind of take away from that is more of, like, if you look at the way the public school system structures you, the way it structured me, it does siphon just kind of accept what people tell you to accept. Yeah. You know? And I mean, it is, is a structure. Way, it's just yeah. not a good one. Yeah. I don't think that I think that you could have a better structure. I think but it's it doing, would probably in my mind be more disciplined. I think it's doing exactly what it was designed to do. Yeah. Which is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, I guess um yeah, I mean I guess they're both structures. Um that's not how I'm using the word uh uh structure. I mean I, yeah, I mean you know they're they're all structures everything's a structure in that sense of the word i'm i'm using it to mean more um i guess i'm using it to mean more uh discipline you know what i'm saying but can't you be disciplined towards something that's not good or not true like sure. north koreans are disciplined but they're you know that's what i was talking about with public schools yeah but that the but them being disciplined is good so like if you took them, if you if you were able to like suddenly liberate them, you would not have to reprogram them. That the you would not have to reprogram the discipline part to turn it into something good. You just have to you just have to change where it's focused. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I think I agree with you, but I'm not sure. How in the world did we get off on that? Rabbit trails. We just do tunnels. Symphonies. Yeah. We're just talking in symphonies. <laughs> yeah, I guess, um, I don't know. I guess what I'm getting at is that. Um, I guess I don't, do you see discipline as a virtue in and of itself? No, I mean, I don't, how are you using the term virtue? It's a trap question. A trade. It's a trap. 
<laughs> a a, uh, a trait that is good in and of itself to have, no matter what the discipline is aimed at. Just the fact that you have discipline. I think it's neutral. It's it's. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no, obviously, I wouldn't you say. Could be an author- there's an authoritarian. You know, once you push discipline to a certain level. You're in like authoritarianism, where you're just telling everybody what well, to do. That's why I preferred to use the word structure, but then we started using it differently. And so what I what I mean is, uh, what I mean is, um, I guess just not lazy. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, that's all I mean by that is not lazy, and you can define that however you want to, but um, I don't view. You know, that's one of the big issues I see with, with like the way people are being raised is they're just generally being raised to not have passion about anything and to be lazy. Mm-hmm. Sort of just be sort of gray in the way that they care about things or don't care about things and then also just kind of lazy, you know, with yeah. no real drive to anything that they do. And I think what we should do is like, most of the time when people talk about empowering children to do whatever they, they're talking about like engaging their creativity and stuff like that, you know? And I mean, that's fine. Like maybe you do need to with some, but like also you need to engage their ability to be productive and to accomplish something. Mm-hmm. Because I think especially with boys, like that's, what's going to like, that's going to be a long lasting trait that that's what we're not doing with like in school, the example y'all brought up, like that is, uh, activity as achievement as opposed to actual productivity yeah. as your achievement. Like producing something is your, like getting something out into the world is your productivity. But in public school or just in school in general, it's it's like uh, finishing a worksheet right. is somehow your achievement and it's mistaking achievement for activity or whatever that phrase is, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the problem. That's, that's the problem. What, that's I what see. I was trying to get at. Yeah, and yeah. that's the problem I see where is that we're, we're keeping people, I guess, kind of busy, but they're not actually producing anything. That's what yeah. I mean. And that's what I would want to do with children is it's not necessarily like let's just be silly and have no structure. You know, I mean, I mean, you can, obviously, anytime you want to. I mean, that's fun. We have fun. You know, I don't mind. <laughs> Sounds good saying it. Listen, oh, we're fun. I'm a fun guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean. I don't think that any of us disagree. Yeah. I think is, is the main point here. I, I think I, I think what Kanye was hinting at, at, the, at least in the other interview, was that that like no no exists for a reason, but our immediate knee jerk reaction should not just be no, just to get a kid to shut up, because that 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 I think affects all of us as adults where we just stop asking questions. Yeah, I guess I just don't see that as as big of a problem as it used to be. I think that was the when we were being brought up, that was a big problem. But I mean, I'm like, I guess I'm like you, your hardest. Like the people I know, like they never tell their kids no, ever <laughs> about anything. Yeah, the, you know what I'm as saying. As far as like, yeah, I I I can think of, and I'm with count, you. I don't, countless examples where it's where it's the kids eat the diet that they want to eat. They get anything that they want. They watch use their devices as much as they want to use their devices. They run around. You know, I mean, it's there's not there's not that structure. <laughs> I would definitely discipline. defer to y'all too on that because. I would defer to y'all too on that because y'all are clearly more in those realms than I am. I would say that, uh, and maybe this is just me being kind of fortunate, but all of my friends and y'all and the people we go to church with, like that doesn't seem to happen a whole lot. 
All right, look, we've gotten completely off the rails here. We started out giving our election predictions, and now somehow I've ended up talking about like... It's inter- a symphony. In- it's a symphony. It's a symphony. What can we say? So, anyway, uh, we made our predictions. We'll come back next week, and we'll address those in the intro, and we'll see what happens. Although, this could be the one election where we don't really know the winner, even on yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah. You know, I mean, even without conspiracy, like, because of, like, the late voting that they're allowing in some states, like Pennsylvania and stuff, you know? So, yeah, who knows how that'll turn out. But we'll come back and talk about it again next week. Uh, you guys got anything to say in closing? Alex nope. Jones is not that bad. He's not that bad. <laughs> and Kanye is a genius. And Kanye is a genius. This is something we all can rally around. Um, but, anyway, Joe Rogan also, he's, he's a good person to have in the universe. Yep. Because he's uncancelable. He actually might be the person that's yeah, uncancelable. You're right. And I do appreciate what he is willing to do when he yeah, talks to people. I agree. I really do. Also, you can just go listen to the podcast. That the too. Rogan podcast if y'all want to. I think he's struggling for listeners. <laughs> so y'all should go help him out. We, we give him the endorsement. Joe Rogan gets our endorsement. Maybe that'll help him help his small shop. And then maybe we can start selling some vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, we're looking for sponsors. So yeah. if anybody listen, I'll sell that silver toothpaste. If you ca- if you come up with some toothpaste, I will sell it. <laughs> That's I right. Will, I will try hard. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody for listening. We will be back next week. Stay safe. We'll see how the world changes in a week. Just